I'm sure a lot of you out there, when you, when things go really well, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. The devil, the evil, the demons, they feed off anxiety. And the anxiety is something that's been, it's a lie, which has been instilled into you from previous trauma. I'm, I'm human too. You know, I have rough weeks. I have rough emotional weeks. I have rough mental weeks. And uh, this was one of the deals with depression and anxiety and who has been in abusive relationships. They can recognize these things. You can see that in somebody else. Iron sharpens iron, but man sharpens man. This is Men In Your Life, unapologetically human. Here are your hosts, Dan and Brady. Happy uh, Super Bowl weekend, everybody. Um, Welcome to another episode of Men In Your Life unapologetically human i'm dan and actually uh joined today by chris what's up man yeah surprise i know brady's not here this week but uh you got me instead so please stay (laughs) tuned please don't click off the link now (laughs) well we started with uh we were just gonna do the twosome because brady's been traveling a bunch he's still traveling a lot for work um, and then Brady kind of was like, you know what? I, I kind of want to come on and I, against my advice was I, I told him you should take a break. So we know Brady, Brady doesn't do breaks. So he, uh, he wanted to come on. And then like this morning he was like, I don't know, man, I think I need the break. And I'm like, Oh, you mean like what I told you to do? And right. You know, so it went from the twosome to the threesome back to the twosome, which is perfectly fine. And Brady, if you're listening or watching, uh, I hope that you uh, rest up and, um, you know, hopefully that with all this traveling going on and everything, it's not too much. And, you know, you'll we'll we'll be back when we get back. It's not really a big deal. And I know he takes it hard and it's stupid and he shouldn't. So um, <laughs> but yeah. we have finally it only took, uh, you know, since the Christmas episode, but we got you back and um, a lot quicker than we thought or quicker than we did before. And hopefully this becomes a more normal thing. So, you know, welcome back, man. Yeah, dude, I'm excited to be back. And on Super Bowl Sunday of all days, I was surprised y'all were recording today. I was like, oh, wait, does he remember it's a Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, the game's I mean, not so you know, It's just the Eagles and the Chiefs. I mean, not a big deal. Know. Know. It's just it's just the Eagles and the Chiefs. I mean, are you do you are you pulling for anybody today? No, I don't really have a horse in this race. I mean, as you know, we're both Commanders fans, so I can't root for the Eagles. That's for sure. Um, and then the Chiefs, you know, they're a great team. I mean, they're both great teams, so it'll at least be a fun game. But yeah, yeah. The Chiefs I hope. are starting to turn into like the New England Patriots with Brady. Like, I'm kind of getting tired of them. Already? Yeah. I mean, I again, they're a great team. I can't deny it. I couldn't deny I, that the Patriots were a great team with Brady. But I mean, like. I don't know, man. I would I'd probably would rather have uh, rather have the Chiefs than um, watching uh, Tom Brady and the Eagle or the Tom Brady and the Eagles. Tom Brady in New England, time and time again. Which I mean, you know, that was probably something you're never going to see again in sports. But um, right. I, I think I think either way, I think regardless of what happened two weeks ago in the championship games, I think however you wanted to do the matchups, I think today. Uh, Either way, it was going to be a good game no matter what. 
And I think today's it, today's going to be like that too. I think it's just going to be a fun game to watch, and that's what I want. I don't want like a blowout, and I don't want a boring game. And this is not going right. to be a boring game. So, right. Well, and the rain kind of screwed everything up because I got my Blackstone set up finally. Um, oh, really? I got yeah that I got for myself for Christmas, like back in like the beginning of December. But uh, well, you got was, yourself for Christmas. Yeah. Well, it was on sale. It was on sale at Walmart, so I ended up getting one and. Um, set it up the other day and was going to use it today to cook uh, burgers. And we were going to do like a uh, Rotel queso type dip thing um, and do stuff like that. And then the rain came. So we're not going to do that. And then uh, yesterday, put up an umbrella and just do it anyways. No, 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 no. I'm not doing a raincoat. I'm not going to do all that. It's all right. I'll just cook the burgers, you know, inside, which is not my favorite, but it, they, you right. know, they come out. Okay. Um, right. And then to throw a wrench into everything, uh, my truck broke down yesterday. Oh no. It broke what down is- in the driveway, pulling into the driveway. You were so close. Yeah. Pulling. I, so I wait, was, what happened? Um, I took a, so, uh, the wife went out and did photos, uh, some engagement photos for a friend of ours. And, um, after the baby woke up, I ended up taking her out to, you know, like just get out of the house. And she actually ended up going down late. So she ended up taking like a three hour nap. And I was like, well, I was like, we still have, uh, I was like, we still have time to do stuff. Right. So I took her out. We went down to, to Walmart and I went to go get gas and we got some food and I got some uh, Valentine's Day cards and our food. I picked up like a rotisserie chicken for dinner or whatever. And um, so Valentine's Day cards, you know, one for one for the baby and then one from the baby to mom. And, um, you know, we were having it was a fun uh, having a good time. And I got gas and I was coming back home and I hit uh, a four way stop and turn left. The next thing you know, you hear a dunk and then. I was like, oh, oh what is that? And then the engine light started flashing. So I like, co- and luckily it was only like maybe like a hundred yards from the house. So I like coasted into the driveway. The minute I got pulled into the driveway, I cut it off. I couldn't even get up the hill. And you've been, you've been to our house before. So, you know, like the driveway is a little, right. Uh, so I couldn't get it up there when I gave it gas, it just wouldn't go. So I just, I just cut it off. Uh, ran a code for it. Um, you put diesel in it, didn't you? No, God, no. Um, <laughs> ran a code. That would be some stupid thing I would do, but no. Um, ran a code on it, and it's a like mass intake flow sensor, apparently. So I didn't, mm-hmm. ran out and got one today um, to put it on there. And, of course, it's like pouring, and I don't have the right wrench size to get the bolt off that I need to get off. And it's a tiny thing. It's like maybe – it's like two inches – two inches you just like plug it in or you can like disconnect it you plug it in set it back in the hose and you're done like that's all you have to do right easiest thing in the world of course it's never easy it always it's never like that um right but uh my wife's uh, brother came over yesterday last night to to look at it too and i was telling him what was going on and he was like well he was like here's what the code says but the knocking is not something that i'm fond of and i was like oh what does that tell you and he was like well to me it's not good he was like if you if it was doing that if you could get it to turn over which you did and you're giving it gas to do it and the knocking was following the acceleration rate he was like that's not good and i'm like and that's not what you want to hear 
no, we're hoping that maybe this helps it, which it's just a, a long, you know, off chance. But uh, if it doesn't, then it sounds like uh, there's something busted in the engine. And I don't have the money to replace an engine. I don't really have right. the money to get a new car. So, I mean, I'm kind of hoping that this thing helps. And I, I don't know. You know, I went I went all week feeling good, being like, yeah, this is like this was a smooth week for me. And then yesterday I was like, of course, that's how it goes, right? Yep. At least I broke down at the house. That's true. I mean, it could have been much worse. You could have to like get tow truck and, you know, you have people, you know, can work on like, or at least diagnose a car, check it out. Yeah. How old is your truck? Uh, it's a 20, I, it's a 2015. I bought it in um, 2017, 2018, um, but it only had 7,000 miles on it. It's got over a hundred thousand miles on it now. Um, gotcha. It's got like 112. Which, isn't too old for a car. I mean, no, but keep, keep in mind, I'm driving 95 every day. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's 45 true. minutes to an hour every single day. So, yeah. uh, yeah, that's a little rough. And then, um, uh, my uncle is took a turn. Uh, he's been sick for a while. He had throat cancer. Um, it went away and then it came back. And oh. recently he's been having, uh, uh, organ problems like his salt levels are really low uh to the point now where even when they give him tabs and stuff like that um it doesn't help and he can barely walk at this point and no, okay. apparently he's like according to my parents because they go over there and see him every day and actually we're um i'm gonna go over there after work on uh on monday and or tuesday and uh take the baby over there too to go to go visit him. he doesn't live far from from where i work and uh we're gonna i'm gonna go spend some time with him but he uh it's not not doing well so we've kind of we kind of went from everything kind of being all right to suddenly everything's kind of like piling on and i was yeah, like that's and of course that's like within like the last like 24 hours and i was like you got to be joking <laughs> I was like, this That's sucks. Rough. I know, I was like, this sucks. But I mean, you, the original idea of today was to talk to you and Brady about the stuff that you got going on. Cause I know work for you has not been ideal. No, I mean, no, but I mean, we don't have to stick to what we planned. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what this podcast is for, right? You know, talking about our mental health and what we're going through. And so we have to, no pun intended, you know, doing audible, we can. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, no, it's cool. <laughs> Sunday, right? well, well, but it, it, at the same time, it, it, it plays into each other because uh, I mean, my, I don't know what's going to happen with the truck, but um, I know you have re I know you reached out the other day and you've been talking about it for a little while in our uh, like dudes and dads support group that, um, do you you and you and work are not uh really getting along right now huh no man it, it's been a, a rough year a rough year and I, like for people who don't know i'm a teacher so of course my we always judge our work life by years i mean it's a school year so i mean it's been a rough year and we actually thought it's funny because we thought that the year after covid was gonna be the worst year and if you ask anyone at least in the elementary school range like this year has been much worse than last year, or if not just as worse. But for most of us, we're saying like this year's worse. I mean, you even ask, ask the custodians, talk to the cafeteria staff, anyone like in the elementary school buildings, 
it's worse. And it's crazy the fact that it's getting worse. And that's just part of why my mental health has been really struggling lately. I mean, you keep on thinking it's going to get better and then more and more issues come up. Yeah, you were, uh, I don't know how much you want to like dig in to, to work. Cause I don't know who, who listens and stuff like that. And I know you're probably going to, I know you, you know, you're going to say what you can and what, you, you know, you're not going to like overstep that boundary when it comes with work. But um, I know when you reached out, you know, you were talking about just being burnt. Like you were just, you know, like mentally just like hitting E. And I remember, um, you know, when we first started this podcast, I was still working at the oil depot and I, you know, that I told you that, you know, what you're feeling right now, uh, was almost identical to what I was feeling, um, when I was at the depot. And the difference now though, is that at that time I didn't have a kid and you had, you know, you had a kid, you were a fresh dad, basically. Uh, or you're, you know, or I mean, uh, at that time when I was going through it, so uh, you, did you have those, um, issues at work when, uh, your daughter, I mean, like during that time when, uh, you know, with your daughter being born and, um, did you have those issues? Cause like, this was what probably almost two years ago now. Right. So she, she was, she's not even, she wasn't even one yet. I mean, <laughs> she was just, your daughter was only just months old at that point. And, uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, did you have those issues during that time or? Oh yeah. I mean, last year was a mess too, but last year was a mess and we just, we blamed it on COVID. We're like, listen, mm -hmm. they've been virtual. Um, it's going to be better next year. And ironically it got worse. Mm -hmm. So now we're starting to the point where, COVID's not to blame for this. Um, now, COVID made situations worse. Yes. I mean, the academic gap, um, some of the behaviors. I mean, some of these kids were stuck at home and some of them were even in abusive homes. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it did make things worse, but COVID's not solely to blame for the reason why so many teachers are fed up and they're leaving. I mean, it's a slew of problems. So I was actually looking up because I'm curious because I know like, again, so when I talk about this and I just want to make a few points before we go into this because um like you said you were dealing with very similar stress and mental health issues with your job um i'm gonna go ahead and say i know teaching is not the toughest job in the world um and i know it's not the only job where right now people are struggling like i know a lot of people are struggling with the work life right now um so i'm just coming from my point of view and just speaking from what i know um mm -hmm. and can so again when i'm sitting here making these points. I know people are like, Oh yeah, well, so do I like, yeah, but it's not a comparison thing, right? We can't compare each other's problems because that's not what it's about. Right. Um, this is, this is about, this is about connecting and like, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? This is about being, um, what's the, uh, what's the word that I'm, that I'm looking for? Uh, uh not comparison, but relatability this is about right. just relating. Right. So yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, yeah. No. I mean, that's a perfect. Exactly. Um, but now, and even, now you're seeing so many teachers leave the workforce and like, why? I mean, the job in itself hasn't changed, has it? But I mean, if you look at it, it kind of has, that's the problem. Um, we're forced to wear so many different hats nowadays. Um, and then I'm not speaking just to my location and my school building. Um, and I'm not just speaking just for my county, not speaking just for the state I live in. I mean, I have friends all across the county, country, um, and we're all seeing the exact same things. So again, why 
give some details and stories. These don't necessarily come from my building. They come from all across the nation. Um, and the last thing I want to point out is I'm not trying to scare people from public education. Um, the system is broken. Yes, I believe it actually is, but it, it can be changed. And that's what actually I, that's why I want to get on my soapbox today is like, we need to demand change in the public education because there's certain politicians I want to push for private school, for charter schools. And the issue I have with that, and even my wife and I have talked about private school. I mean, you know, the problem I have with that is the people and like, I don't even know, we haven't looked into private school if we can afford it, but like the people can't afford private school. That's great. If they pull all their kids and put them in private schools, awesome. But what does that do to the people who can't afford public schools? It just makes the situation work at uh, worse. Sorry. makes it worse. And like, we can't have that. We need to demand yeah. better of our tax dollars and we need to demand better of our politicians. We need to demand more of our school boards. It's just a mess. But yeah, like, I, I, go ahead. No, no, go, 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 go ahead, finish. I was saying like, so I'm just saying, I'm seeing my teacher friends, amazing educators who have been in here in this field for years um, and they're phenomenal. They care about their students, they're passionate. They put in hours, um, but they're leaving the profession. Um, and that's, that to me is a huge red flag, especially veteran teachers have been doing this such a long time are now like I've had enough and it's, it's recent again, the struggles we've been facing, like working off the clock. I mean, that's always been since teachers, I mean, since it's been a profession, but what's changing, what's made it worse. And I looked it up and actually Forbes posted an article and nationwide, usually the turnover for teachers is 16%. Um, but they are predicting that the turnover after the summer will be anywhere from 25 to 54%. There's half. They're talking about a potential of more of more than half of the teachers are going to quit. And now that's a predictor. So I guess, I mean, I'm not sure. We're I, is that just, it's probably like low and then like worst case scenario, best case yeah, scenario. Yeah. So 25, is, 25 is a 9% increase. Yeah. Um, but 4%. And so like, I know with our County, they always do like a, an intent to return kind of like survey. So they try to get a feel, you know, if they need to fill positions or not. So um, maybe that's where they're getting their details from. But I mean, I believe it. I know of multiple teachers who have already left after last year or are leaving the profession this year. And it's a mess, dude. It's an absolute mess. I mean, we, we have some friends uh, that are teachers and I know that you guys I know y'all talk about this all the time and, and stuff, and I don't know where they're at. Um, you know, a good, one of our good friends, you know, his, his wife has been dealing with stuff like that. And I think she, um, I think she mainly deals with some old, like older kids, I think, but yeah. she's been talking about this for, I think ever since I remember, uh, like meeting her for the first time that, you know, ever like since I've known her, she's been talking about there there's problems, you know, and when they were talking about uh, the virtual teaching and stuff like that, she said that it got to a point where it wasn't even like, it wasn't even worth logging in anymore because like kids just wouldn't show up. Parents didn't care, you know, and I, I, I understand because the, uh, like virtual teaching isn't easy and virtual learning isn't easy. Like I'm not a lot of people can learn that way. Um, right. And I didn't really see much from uh, schools that 
did anything to help back teachers up. And I, you know, and like you said, it's not like a comparison and people, you know, complain and aren't going to complain, but they're going to point fingers and be like, well, we had to deal with this too. And, you know, we had two parents that worked and what were we supposed to do and da, 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 you know, like stuff like that. I get it. Like everybody, everybody during that time went through trials and somehow we managed to get through it. I mean, the, kind of, I guess you could say some people managed to get through it and some people, right. didn't. but I mean, I don't, I can't, I don't know because I'm not in your, I'm not in your shoes, but looking as a parent and looking at what's going on, I mean, we've even had the conversation of like, I don't know if we're going to do public school and, you know, and this is like, you know, we don't do politics and stuff like that on the, on the show, but it's not a really like a political it's not like a political stance or i guess you could say this is more like it's it's like looking at it and being realistic at the fact that um it's not it's not the best situ- i don't think it's the best situation for a lot of people anymore and right. i don't know if that's the uh quality of teachers i don't know if that's the school board where people just kind of get elected and they don't know what they're doing i don't know if that's just maybe they're getting complacent and they finally made it and you know in their mind they made it and they just checked out they just don't care anymore you know but you gotta you gotta think that these people on the the board they have kids right like if they if you sat if you said some of them do right and not all of them don't or i mean not all of them do but you gotta think that if you sat them down in a room somewhere and go you have kids right like would you honestly send your child to your district to learn anything and if they say no then why in the world would i send my kid to any of your schools to learn anything like you like that doesn't it's wild to me to think about that it's always oh it's a budget problem or it's uh oh it's a parental problem the parents aren't doing what they need to be doing at home and and stuff like that i'm like i get it like there's always going to be that struggle between family and parents in school and you know it's not the teacher's job to babysit your kid it's not it's also not your it's also not the teacher's job to like make sure that uh, your kid is, um, and I, you, maybe you think differently of this, but to me, it's not a teacher's job to make sure that your student learns things. It's the teacher's job to give them the tools and the ability to learn and develop. It's your job as a parent to make sure that they get there and, and do the things that they need to do to make sure they get there. Like you guys offer the tools and the opportunity to do it. They're the ones that need to follow through and make sure the kid actually does it. You know, you're not, you're not a daycare. You're not that kid's parent. It's like, if you don't want to learn, like, there's nothing I can do about it. Like, I'm going to try my hardest to teach you something, but if you don't want to do it and you're not putting in the work at home, there's nothing I can do about that. And that's not your fault. You know, as a teacher, that, that wouldn't be my fault. That's, you know, I'm not blaming a parent either, but it's like, like, damn, man, like there's gotta be some kind of common ground somewhere. Right. And I think that's, I mean, you hit, you literally hit every single nail on the head. Like my point on this podcast is not to point fingers. I'm not going right. to blame just educators, not going to blame just politicians, not going to blame just, you know, you know, parents, school boards. It's a mixture of everything. And it's also a mixture of the format of education. Um, like my personal opinion, this is just my personal opinion, opinion. I don't believe that the primary grades should be in school for five days a week for eight hours a day. I think that's too much. I think that we need to re like 
reevaluate the fact that we had them just sitting at desks, what we expect of children and like what we're, we're putting on their plates. I mean, there is a lot. If you look at the curriculum maps, there is a lot we're asking of, you know, five, six, seven year olds to do in a one, like in 180 days. It is a lot. And I understand this. All this science comes from somewhere. Like, you know, they need these skills in order to thrive in society. I mean, I get it, but we really need to focus on what we're asking and shoving down, you know, these, these children's minds to do all in five days and eight hour periods. And then we sit there and we wonder why they're acting out. I mean, that in a nutshell needs to be reevaluated. And I feel like a lot of parents would actually agree with that. Um, I mean, you hear people talk about school and they call it like a prison system. No, I wouldn't go that far. I, I think, I think that's a little stretch. But at the same time, I do think that we are, it is not, we are, it is established and it needs to be more flexible. I think it needs to adapt right. better. Cause I don't feel like it has adapted. Now the curriculum I will say has adapted. I will say like, that's one of the key factors that is why public education is working. Like we're currently doing a training program that goes back to um, phonics and phonemic, phonemic awareness for reading. And instead of doing certain like reading levels, it's actually changing to reading skills, like knowing like vowel teams and whatnot, instead of focusing on like, oh, you're level A, B, C, or D, or, you know, and so on. Does it make sense? You can read as many words as you want on a page, but if you come across a, a page with a bunch of Y's at the end of the word, and you weren't taught that Y at the end of a single syllable word says uh, the long I sound and, and a, when Y's at the end of a more than one syllable word, it makes the long E sound. If you're not taught that, you can't read that word. So I will say that curriculum is changing to follow science, which is good. The problem with the curriculum is we are being demanded to do our professional development on our own time. Like case in point, we're doing a training on phonics. Um, it's essentially a college level course. So we have to do four units complete with at least eight sessions. And each session is either from an hour to two hours long. And we are expected to do this on our own time on top of everything else we're doing for our classes. That's unacceptable. And then all of our professional development days or teacher work days are being then filled up with in-person training for this exact same course. So I've lost almost every single teacher work day this school year so far. Because you've been working essentially. Well, I've been doing this course, which I mean, this right, course right, is great. Right. I mean, I mean, it makes sense. This needs to be done. We need to be taught this, but what school boards need to realize is like, when you put this on our plates, you need to give us paid time to do this. Don't expect us to do this on our own time. Cause we're so already you, doing, hard, we're so doing you guys great. Y'all aren't getting paid to do this. So like if you do it separately, like if you go home, if you go home and do it on your own time, they're not paying you for it. They're just expecting you to get it done. Well, and here's the trick. We're salary pay. Okay. Um, and in our contract and almost every teacher's contract, there is an other section. So when we stay after school because the bus is running late, um, we have to do planning when let's see, we have those allotted days for snow, but we don't get snow days because our contract is 180 days. Um, and we have built in snow days. If it doesn't snow that year, we don't get those days, days back. back. Like the so, school year doesn't end earlier. So essentially we're working more days and we're contracted for, but it falls under the other clause in our contract. 
So they would argue the fact that yes, you are getting paid because in your contract, it says that you have to do other activities. Like usually that's extracurricular or clubs or again, bus duty and things like that. So it's like, it's a loophole for them. So it's basically a way for them to, though you like you said salary so it's essentially a way for them to get uh overtime without having to pay you overtime exactly basically what it is which is like i i you know i understand the concept of uh, of salary and you know like uh i'm not salary where i work um i believe brady is salary and like i noticed that they're like even with our company there's days that I would get off being non-salary and he wouldn't get those days off because of who we like, what we do and who we work for. Like we follow two different schedules, which I thought was kind of strange, but I guess I, it makes sense in a way. But, um, and I mean, without being able to explain kind of like what we do, it's probably hard to understand, but, um, I remember that argument I had when I was at the depot and I, you know, they wanted to give me salary under, I don't know. I think they wanted, they wanted to pay me. Like, uh, I had to fight for like even remotely close to like getting like $50,000 salary. And I was like, I've been here for almost six years and I know what you guys are going to expect from me with salary. So here's what I'm asking for because the additional money is going to counteract the things that you're asking me for, which is like expensing parts out. And we're talking about like hundreds of dollars worth of stuff, right? That I would have to, that would be paying for out of pocket at that time. And I'm like, I want the compensation to be able to afford to do that because what you're trying to pay me and ask me to do, I would not be able to afford to do that and would not be able to afford to, to live at home. You know, like I'm going to be losing money off of this, especially with, right. you know, everything else going on. And to ask to have you guys sit down and basically take, uh, as you said, it was like college level courses, essentially, and put in a, not even just additional hours, but we're probably we're talking like probably all day worth of of video and in-person learning and notes and whatever else you got to do. And it's not just teaching you guys how to do whatever this extra curriculum is. It's you going back and reviewing it to make sure that you understand what you're doing. So then therefore you can present it in a way to your kids so that they can learn because it's like, they're doing all this work to teach you. That's fine. But if you don't know what you're doing or you're not confident what you're teaching, why would you teach them that? Right. Exactly. And and it's like, I've always had this. I was in a great student in school. I was very like, (laughs) if I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. Like, I thought it was very stupid that I needed to learn uh, biology when I wanted to do um, like when I wanted to go to school for like welding. They wanted like they wanted me to take like a a like an English class and like a uh, like a biology class or something. And I'm like, I get it. But what does, this have to, what, is it, what does this have to do with, with welding? Like, it doesn't have anything to do with welding. Why am I taking these stupid courses to do this stuff? And, like, I looked into doing, um, like, sports broadcasting and things like that. They wanted me to take, like, an algebra class. And I'm like, what, what am I going to do with it? Why, why does that affect what I'm doing? I'm literally speaking into a microphone like I'm doing now and going over, you know, certain, like stats and articles and stuff like that. Right. Why do I need to know any of that stuff right now? And let me get and like, I'm just going to be honest with you. All that stuff that I learned in high school, that, that stuff gone. I don't remember half of that. Stuff you don't remember anymore. about Beowulf? <sighs> no, I don't think we, I don't think we learned. 
Uh, we did uh, 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 Odyssey, and we did mm. um, uh, there was another one. Shoot, I what can't about, remember. What about Long Division? How how often do you use that? Yeah, not. When do you use it? When I teach it, and when actually, math you... math has changed completely, dude. It's okay, changed. Completely. Here's one because Seth's in the chat. Seth's been in the chat, so here's yeah, one. Hey, I don't know if you probably can't see that, can you? No, actually, I can't. Oh, you know what? Then let me hit. Let me do this. Let me put the. If I do the overlay, then you should be able to see it. Now it's not going to show um, oh, yeah. right away, Your but comments. here I can actually show his chat here, and it says here. He says, "When's the last time you used Pythagorean theorem?" <laughs> All right, now, when, okay. so when is it? When is the last time that you've used that? And I will say again, I I teach you know in the elementary school level, and I'll say I I teach in the primary grade, so I don't teach. You know Pythagoras and oh, that would be a whole different. It is true. Different. And I will say, I, I did use it though. I did use it on the praxis to become a teacher. Okay, that's so fair. the test to become a teacher. I had to know it. So there you go. If you want to become a teacher, you have to pay attention to math. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But, but I mean, that's just. Uh, I feel like and I will I just, say. I will say part of education is giving you a, a little bit of a taste of everything. Yeah. to help you figure out what you want to do in life. I will say that is part of it, but you're right. right. I will say, and I know my wife, you know, is English and I will say that they do a better job at, they make the split earlier on in life. So for them, high school is kind of like, so they, they call college, their college is like high school, but it splits. Like you can take your A levels and things like that. Um, so if you know you want to go to trade school, you kind of split off that route. Hmm. If you want to do something else, you can split off the other route. And so like that happens earlier on. So you wouldn't have had to necessarily do what you had to do in high school. So if you, you mean, know they, you they do into, like they do like relative teaching to whatever it is that you're learning. I mean, yeah, for the most part, I will say, I mean, like it is pretty similar to our style, but I will say like in the high school level, they're like, all right, you know, you guys can start to decide what you want to do with your life and you don't have to, you know, do these pointless classes as much. And I'm not saying high school is pointless. I'm saying that the education system needs to change. Like, again, if you know you want to go into trade school, you should be getting hands-on experience in that department instead of, you know, but reading. That's through the thing. Why don't we, why don't we take note of that? Because if you look, if you look at the numbers and I don't have the numbers, I've looked at it before, but I don't have the numbers. We're not at the top of the list of very many things anymore when it comes to the United States. Like when it comes to like schooling, there's a reason why like, Europe and uh you know like Asia you know they're at the top of some of this stuff that's why like you see you know like what like uh like China like just cranking out engineers left and right you know and I get their their schooling system is a little bit different and it's kind of like you know you're you're either going to do A or B and these are like the paths you're going to take but it fucking works like it works for them, but like it's the, none like none of this stuff is apparently like works for us anymore, you know. Like it's and it seems it's like you know, like yeah. I mean, case in point. I mean, like in the comments, you know, teach your child how to you know do their taxes. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, and I will say, I actually was taught to create a resume, but I was taught in college because my particular you know field in college, they're like, listen, you're going to need to create this resume when you leave college. So, I mean, but we should be learning that in high school because some people don't go to college. And that's another thing. The system shouldn't force kids. Essentially, you know, it's the pressure to go to college. You don't need necessarily mm. – you shouldn't need to go to college. Mm. Why? 
I mean, can it I just say this? Can I say this? Can I say that telling kids that you need to go to a four-year school is a fucking scam? And I'm sorry, you do not need to go to a four-year school to make a, a, a life for yourself and a career. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't strive for those things because there's absolutely benefits of going to a four-year school, right? Especially if you're going to like a, a, a high uh, prestigious four-year school, you know, but like if your child is not ready to go to school, do not make them go to college. Like, and maybe they just don't know what they want to do yet. There's absolutely nothing wrong with going to a two year school or doing a trade and then taking those two years. Because if you have like, I think it was like, if you have like a three, three or higher at one point in most community colleges, you could almost get into any state college at that point. So it's like, and like Nova, Nova is like, uh, I think Nova was like, if you hold like a, um, Nova is the uh, Northern Virginia Community College system here. And I think it was like, if you do, I thought it was like a three, seven or higher, they would almost guarantee you anywhere like to VT, George Mason, ODU, James yes. Madison, like stuff like that. I'm like, why do we not? And it's cheaper. It's also yep. cheaper because then you can get more scholarships. You're not spending a shit ton of money on student loans. You're not like, I don't understand this fucking concept of pushing kids to do four year schools. If they're not mentally capable or ready to do it yet, why can't you just take the two years to figure out what the hell it is that you want? Because you're trying to do all this shit in high school and you're trying to figure out life in high school. You're not even learning life, basic skills in high school anymore. Like they got rid of all that crap. Like they're not doing like the home ec classes anymore. They're not teaching the the taxes and how to write a check and how to do all the like how to do any of this stuff. And I get like nobody writes with checks anymore, but at yeah. some point people I mean, do. I, I mean, people still do, right? We're not learning this shit anymore. I didn't learn any of that stuff. I don't know if you did. I don't think my wife did. And it's like, I mean, we're taking away the things that like people need to know, like daily basic stuff, like uh, like they're getting rid of the um, like the auto classes. They're getting rid of like stuff like that, like metal, like metalworking classes. They're getting rid of woodshop classes. They're getting rid of all this stuff and they're not filling it with things that are actually going to take these kids somewhere. Like if you want like uh, there's in our in in uh, up north, there's uh, a science school, you know, TJ, uh, which what is that? Uh, Thomas Jefferson. Right. And yep. they're uh, like a primarily a science school. And all their stuff is really circled around science and teaching kids like, hey, like if you want to become an engineer and stuff like that, or, you know, if you want to go into like a medical field and things like we've tailored the curriculum around that. But you go to, I don't know if you go like I went to uh, Robinson, that was a secondary school. I got we got thrown all kinds of information and none of it even was remotely helping me figure out what I wanted to do in life. You know, I took a cooking class. And that was the one thing where I figured out, like, I actually like cooking, you know, you or, you know, like, stuff like that. But they don't have that anymore. And that was uh, that was like a um, what was like a one semester course. Like there was not like multiple courses on top of that. You know, there was a rumor that they were getting rid of like the criminal justice class. And I'm like, criminal justice is what got me into the original idea of like wanting to follow through and like the law enforcement. Now, uh, I didn't obviously I didn't do that, but. Uh, you know, I, it took me into college going to Nova where I took those courses and I realized like, actually, this isn't something that I want to do and that's okay, but you shouldn't have to waste two years of a four year school, figuring out what you want to do because then you're just gonna have to go back for another fucking four years. Right. Again, the whole system just needs to be changed. I mean, 
and yeah, like like was posted is you get in this massive amount of debt that takes you years to pay off. And it's like, what did I even do that for? It's outrageous. So just the mindset of society needs to change. Because honestly, when universities were first, you know, created, they weren't meant for everyone in the first place. Right. You, you used to go to university because that's what you like. You had to do that for your profession. Like if you're being a politician or, you know, I, I mean, I don't know, a doctor, that's what universities were for. Like to be a, become a scholar, that's what they're intended for. Now it's become the pressure like you have to go to college. And that's why with our daughter, we even catch ourselves with our wording. Like if she wants to go to college, we'll have this fun right. set up. Right. If she doesn't want, that's great. You know, we have the 529 where we're setting it up. Like, you know, she can use it for trade school. She can use it for whatever she wants. Like it's, it's there for, her. I know a 529 is specific to education, but like we're creating it just in case if she wants to go to college. And we say if, because we're not going to put the pressure on her. There you go. If you're a young parent, you haven't been taught about this because I wasn't taught about this. I learned this from my right. dad about the five. Do some research. And if you have a young child, get yourself a 529. Um, I mean, it has like, to be for this, education. So like, yeah, but that's, but you, that's what you need to do. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be an ass about it, but I'm saying uh, you will be, you will be grateful of the outcome if you get a 529 when you regarding your child in school and regarding it doesn't matter what they do. If they decide to go or not, you know, I mean, it, it's going to be there and it's there to help them. Um, I don't know how this turned into a, a finance episode, but uh, right. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's another episode, man. Yeah, that's the one I got to get. I'm, I'm going to have to get my wife on there for that one because she's she's like yeah. coming up. She's, she's a on the same budget plan we are. Yeah, she's a wizard when it comes to this stuff, you know, and like she's got people that reach out to her and, and talk about this stuff. And, you know, and it's like, look, like Seth said, said it right here, you know, I'll put it up for anybody who's watching is that, um, you know, you can join the workforce, you can do a trade school, you can do military. Like, I understand that nowadays that uh, I think the um, I think the. Uh, I don't know what the word is. I'm kind of looking for like the, the lust of kids, like wanting to join the military. Cause like when you were a kid growing up, you would always, at least for me, like you would always play like army men or GI Joe and stuff like that. And you, you, you had that like feeling and some of that carried on to kids like really young where they did like ROTC and stuff like that, where like they want, like they knew at a young age that they wanted to get into America, like into the military. And I think Seth and Seth might get mad at me for this, but and there's other people that might get mad at me about this too. I think um, when it comes to pushing kids to the military, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think they do a good enough job of telling you the absolute truth of what's going to happen. Like they don't tell you like about here are the things that you're going to end up going through when you go in when, when you join the military. Here are the things that may happen. Here are the things that could happen afterwards. Here's how you set yourself up while you're in the military, and here's how you set yourself up after the military, right? Because to me, it's just they're kind of just want you to get signed up and they want you to get in there. And I don't know if they're doing the necessary, and I don't know, cause I'm not the right person to ask about this, but it seems like from the people that I know and the people that I talk to, once you're in, they kind of don't give a shit anymore. And it's like, cause all it's about just building the numbers up and it's like, they don't, they're not there to, to progress you outside of the military. Like they want you to be there as a career, which is fine. And some people do that. But what happens when you leave? Like, no, they don't do anything to prepare you for that. And it's the same thing with high school. It's like nowadays when you look at it, are they really preparing these kids 
for life outside of high school or preparing these kids to get ready for for college because think about it then they have specific uh they have specific classes and after school activities and sometimes you got to pay for this stuff that are developed to help kids get ready for college why are we paying for stuff that should be a basic uh learning aspect in school to get them ready for the next step right and that's actually to me the perfect transition to the fact where i think curriculum is actually making the right transition it's going to science-based and like it's but it's going to take a while for the change to happen now the whole format of education needs to change but again where the curriculum is going is the right direction now that brings up to another thing of funding education needs to be funded in fact to me it should be one of the top priorities in funding and i know people hate the word taxes they do they hate the word taxes and i get it but like here's my thing taxes need to be used more efficiently doesn't necessarily mean raise the taxes because that's where people get like put off with like you know oh well they're asking the board of supervisors for more money you know no we're not raising our taxes but I feel like as a country, we waste money in so, and like not just country, but like even local state departments waste money in so many ridiculous places. It's outrageous that if we just revamped our system and put our money into education, I mean, think about this. What there there are there's a lot that's important, like health and you know our military and things like that, they're important, you know, our infrastructure, that's important. But so is our education, because if we don't educate our kids correctly, I mean, we won't have doctors, you know, we won't have right. engineers, we won't have architects, we won't have scientists, you know, we won't have educators. I mean, in order to have a brighter future, you really need to properly educate your kids. I mean, it just right. makes sense. So like, and here, here's where like, you know, I'll get on my soapbox is a lot of teachers and you all always hear this, people roll their eyes. Teachers pay so much out of pocket. But unless you're te a teacher, you don't understand what we're paying for every single year out of pocket. And at the same time, we're wearing so many different hats. We're being forced to do so many different, like, you know, professional developments. And it's just like, we need more bodies in the building. We need incentives to keep the people inside the buildings. We need better programs, more efficient programs that are science-based. Because again, we have programs that we're trained on but it's a waste of money because in three years time, we're going to replace the system anyways and get a new program that we had to get trained on. So right. like just take the time and look at what we should be doing. Look at the science, look at the data. And then that's what you should train us on. Not the new fad, not the new fashion. Like I don't care what all the other states are doing. Like look at what should be working. Look at what makes sense and then use your money in that direction. Stop. Oh my gosh. Like uh, it's just ridiculous sometimes what our government wastes money on. Like, we all right. So, for case in point, the biggest thing that's struggling in our buildings right now is these kids need actual therapy. They yeah. are going through trauma, and I'm not just talking about like the sexual abuse or the verbal abuse or the physical. No, abuse, but they, but got, they have in-home problems. They have out-of-home problems. They have you know stuff at school. They have issues at school. They have you know kids are getting bullied. You got kids who are afraid to go to school because they're like somebody. They're probably afraid that somebody's gonna come in there and shoot the school up. I mean, like you, you know, like these kids need help more than just you know just sitting down and learning curriculum. It's they need like you, they need to be connected with i mean case alone we have counselors quitting left and right we have behavior interventionists and in buildings quitting left and right because the workload yeah. is so massive so there was actually a poll done by um adopt a classroom 
www.ohioteachers.org. And they polled all of these teachers and they did a survey. And 81% said their workloads since, and this is in 2022, has increased. They said 80% said they're spending more time addressing students' mental health than teaching. And I will say that is 100% true. We are dealing more with just mental health. Like, all right, so case in point, if you, I know I'm not a neurologist, but there have been studies that show that you cannot learn if you are in fight or flight mode. If your survive, your basic survival needs are not met, then you cannot learn because you're not in a mental place that you, or a safe environment where you can learn. These kids are coming with trauma, a lot of trauma. Part of it was ex, like exponentially increased because of COVID. But that's, again, COVID's not to blame. It's just increased our problems. No, but didn't they say like the domestic assault rate like shot through the roof during COVID yeah. <laughs> because Absolutely. people couldn't handle being at home with each other? Like, And yeah. then the problem is there's a lot of parents saying like, okay, well, I don't abuse my kids. You know, I'm, I'm a great parent. And, but the problem is, and you and Brady have taught like preached on this so many times. Technology has been a huge issue. Yeah. So the problem is I have, well, I can't speak on like our building alone, but like we have kids who have scenes been exposed to things they shouldn't been exposed to. They have seen things they shouldn't have seen. They've heard things they shouldn't have heard and yeah. all through technology is because there's, it's so difficult to stop and protect them from that. And I'm not saying that, you know, like, Oh, don't have like a TV around your kid or like, don't let your kid have a tablet. I'm not saying that, but no, like you parents are monitor what your kid is watching. Yeah. Like parents like, using technology. God, like, yeah. Like <sighs> we had this conversation the other day where like when, when my daughter's going down for a nap or something like that, you know, and she's down and, and say, you know, like my wife's working like, and she works from home. Right. So she'll put on like uh, like family guy or criminal minds or something like that. Right. And when my daughter was first born, like a newborn, we didn't really care about what was on TV because she like, she didn't know what, what was, what was what, right. Didn't know what anything was, didn't know what her feet were, what her toes, you know, fingers were, she didn't know. But when we started realizing that she was starting to notice things, like pick up on things and start like figuring things out, we were like, mm, we need to stop. We can't put this stuff on when she's around. So we stopped doing that. Right. And we started watching different stuff and, and we don't do um, like, we really don't do that. Like we try to limit like screen time with her. And sometimes it gets a little carry, like we, it gets over uh, what we should be doing, but um, we're not like, ha like she's not sitting down watching like criminal minds or like Dexter and stuff like that with us. Cause I'm like, she's going to see this and start to like develop her own ideas of what this stuff is. So, right. If you've got like, if you've got, uh, I don't know if you got like a four year old and you're, um, I don't know. Let me, I don't know what, if you've got like a four year old and you're out there talking about, you know, uh, adult conversations around your four year old and things like that. And you're looking at stuff like that, like they're going to start to get interested in those things and they're going to start Dude, looking at it themselves. And I'm like, that. Earlier than that, so case in point, our daughter, we were playing downstairs recently, and our daughter, um, we were playing with a little kitchenette set, right? And 
she we're having like a little tea party and she takes a little mug and then she says um daddy's coffee and then she takes it she opens up a little fake microwave she puts the cup of coffee in the microwave shut the door and then spun the little microwave so it's spinning and she went ding opened it up picked it out do we ever teach her that no you know how she knew that happened she watched you do it yes we never <laughs> that's cute that. though <laughs> and she's not new she's not even two Okay. So like, Oh man. And I know the, the, um, cliche is like they're sponges. They really are. They are. If you think they're not listening, if you think they're in the other room, they are listening, they are paying attention because that's literally what they do at a young age. They don't know the world around them. They discover by listening, hearing, touching, feeling that that's what they do. So like you really need to be careful with what you're watching with your kid, what they're watching, what you're giving them. So we had kids, um, like, I've heard of stories of kids playing squid games in kindergarten. And how like, do you do, some, how, hold on. How do you do that? So they play the games and then the kids fall down and get shot. What? Whoa. What? If they see you like, you know, like the, uh, the game, the red light, green light, if they see you, yeah. you fall down, not, you die. I and mean, like, so, I played, I played red light, green light when I was a kid, but that was like, if you got C and you were out, like you, or you go back to start, right? And yeah. the issue is some families think it's, and I'm again, I'm not pointing fingers just at parents. Again, if you are a single parent, if you are a family where both of you need to work full time, just make ends meet. I get it. Do what you have to do to survive. I know. I get. Sometimes you're at the babysitters. You can't. You can't handle. Like you can't change what's happening in the babysitter's place. I get it. I'm not having a go at anyone like that. But for my families who do have a choice. Please stop using technology as a babysitter and please be more aware of what your kids are watching and doing. Because again, that's where all the bullying happens. It's where it's where they're watching things like squid games and you think it's funny, but this is these are children's games that are it's used to kill people. And if you think it's you, like it's desensitizing them to this violence. Case in point, mm -hmm. that's why we had Fort News, a six-year-old critically shoot and almost kill his first grade teacher. What? You didn't hear about that? No. Yeah, Newport News, a six-year-old shot and almost killed his teacher. And the yeah. worst part was, is the teacher had multiple times where she warned the school board and like her admin that like she was concerned about this child. And she almost got killed. The, the student brought a gun to school, pulled it out, and pointed and shot the gun. And somehow the teacher still got all of her class out of the room. Before to protect them. Yeah. But that's the world we're living in now. And again, I'm not saying this to scare people from public education, but like, no, I know. This is where it comes like, how did that child, first off, know where the gun was? They shouldn't have known where that gun was. How did they get access to it? How did they know how to point and shoot that weapon? Because that's what a, uh, it is. It's a weapon, it's a lethal weapon. Regardless of your stance on guns, it is a lethal weapon, and they need to be taught to respect lethal weapons. But again, these games, we have kids playing Fortnite, kids playing Call of Duty. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but you have to take into account if they are at a certain young age, they can't comprehend reality versus you know fiction. They can't do it. Right. You need to have conversations with your kids. You need to make sure that they're appropriate age to be doing these things because young kids can't separate that. Their, their brains are not fully developed. And that's what some families don't realize. I think it's cute. I think it's fun to watch, you know, the new version of it with their five-year-old, like, because they enjoy the things, but your kid no. can't 
separate that. Their brains are not made. They're, they're not fully developed to process this, that confident information like that. Uh, it just, it's so disheartening to hear these stories from like five and six and seven year olds. Yeah. When, when Deadpool came out originally, Ryan Reynolds made a huge statement about yes. this is not a comedy. Don't bring your child to see my show because if you do, there's a really good chance we're never going to make another one because you shouldn't be bringing your kid to watch this movie. It's not a comedy. Don't. And you know, my kids were wearing Deadpool like T-shirts and hoodies. Yeah. And, that and like, I get it. If you're if you see it and it's like you're watching like the cartoon or like you're doing the comics, and because that was a big thing when it first came out, right? Um, and I get that. That's fine. Like, uh, you know, they had a game out. They had all this stuff, right? But even that stuff wasn't anywhere near what the um wasn't anywhere near close to like what the movie was like the movie was designed for adults. It was adult humor. And right. I like Ryan Reynolds. I love the movie. I think it's hilarious. I mean, it's stupid, but I, I think it's hilarious. I've loved those movies, but, but you're an adult, you know how to like compartmentalize the fiction reality. We went to go see it when it came out in movie theaters. And there was a mom there that had like two of her kids that were well under 10 years old, like watching this yep. movie. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this is not, this is not smart. And like, I get it. Like when you're a kid, if you're at home watching certain stuff, like if you're uh, like, if you're watching classic horror movies, right. It's, I think it's a little, it's a little bit different when you can, when you're at home and you control, like you can control what they're watching and you know, like, all right, this movie might be a little bit scary, but there's not a lot of, like gore there's not a lot of violence there's not a lot of you know something like that right and you can make that conscious decision to go we can try this out and if you know he or she is you know your son or daughter or whatever is watching this movie and you can start to see maybe they're getting uncomfortable you can turn it off you know what i mean or if they start to right. have questions or if you start watching it and go Ooh, I forgot about this part. We're not going to watch this anymore. You know what I mean? But like, like I, my parents transporting a certain scene in Titanic. <laughs> yeah. And then as you get old, you're like, I wonder what they're fast forwarding through. And you go back and you go, Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Um, like that's but like you got like, I mean, as a kid, I grew up playing like semi-violent video games and stuff like that. But I also understood the difference between reality and, and not like I was shown uh, at a young age, um, like how to operate a firearm and also how to respect the firearm and understand yes. that like, Hey, you could, you could kill somebody with this, right? Like this is like, don't do that. And you know, if you're mad at somebody, this is not an excuse and a reason for you to take a gun and go shoot somebody. Right. Like I was taught these things at a young age and, Right. You and you know, like you know me, I'm I'm a very uh second I'm a very pro to a person, but I also understand that um sometimes people can be a little outrageous with certain things. And I'm also on the same line where uh like my child's not gonna know where my stuff is. Like my stuff's gonna be locked up. Like you're not gonna right. you're never even gonna know that I have it, right? And the first time that you ever know that I have anything will be the day that you learn about it and the day that you learn like this is how you respect a firearm and you know things like that. Like we're not I'm not 
going to play that game because I don't need to get a phone call that my four-year-old figured out how to pull a trigger and ends up hurting herself or, you know, her hurting somebody else or anything like that. Like, I don't want that phone call. I don't want to have to deal with that. Like, that's a, that's a, the guilt that I'll probably never survive, you know? So, and I think a lot of it is, it's about parents teaching their kids, like, I understand if you didn't get taught something, but that's not an excuse for you to not teach your kid to respect certain things. Like, especially when it comes to like a firearm or a weapon or video games or stuff like that. Like if you got a kid playing call of duty, that's it's fine. Okay. I get that. But you need to sit down and explain to them that, you know, if you do this in the real world, you're going to go, you're going to hurt people. You're going to go to jail. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to, you know, like you need to understand that there's a difference between playing grand theft auto on Xbox and grand theft auto in real life, because one gets you locked up forever. And the other one, you know, you just don't ever play again or something. You know what I mean? Like you get, you got to understand the differences between this stuff. And I think like you said, you get four and six year olds playing, squid games why are why are we watching squid games at four and six anyway like that's stupid yeah, it's, like why are we doing and there's that? Certain games that like and i'm not blaming video games or movies like i'm not putting the blame yeah, on it. it's, yeah, it, no, it, it's multiple factors but like again there are certain ages where it's just not appropriate like i'm right. sorry the kid is in high school or middle school like i, I just otherwise they don't be playing those video games they don't even watch that it's just it's just frustrating where we i mean we see i mean like you see the results of it you yeah. do that it's not even just like video games and movies like the music you listen to around your kids man the language is something and i'm not trying to be a prude and like you know oh you know don't curse but like you know they can't do that in school but if they hear these words they repeat them and i'm not even just talking about like language i'm talking about like you know yeah. sexualization like we have kids saying like yes daddy and like you know making sexual moans and like in the primary grades, in the primary grades, and they hear this stuff on YouTube and stuff like that. We have kids looking up inappropriate things by like rappers six nine on root on YouTube. And like if you watch mm. his music, like again, that may be your favorite artist, great, awesome. But there's a difference between your child being exposed to sexualization and teaching them about sex ed. There's a big difference. Them watching a music video or a movie with a sex scene in it is different than you sitting down and like listen this is how like you know sex works this like you know the hormones you're gonna go through like there's a big difference and if you're not explaining that and they're exposed to these things then they're not gonna be able to process it and again young kids are not meant to process these kind of things you have to think about is it age appropriate because again i shouldn't be having a conversation with my classroom about sexual things with six and seven year olds like it just it shouldn't be what there i have is, to do that's the reality of reason it. Go ahead. I mean, that, that is reality. Again, when you were talking about like the workload on teachers, we're, we're having to focus on these behavioral things and the mental health of our kids more than our education. Like the actual things we're trained, we're taught to, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a counselor, but we're expected to do these things. In fact, we're doing professional development training on these kids. But like, I, that's not what I'm trained to do. I can't teach my kids because I'm too busy, like, you know, focusing on their mental health it's it's but, just and it's that's why and that's why when you see this stuff like the the games and the movies and the tvs that's why we got like little things like this like you see that you, you see the little letter right okay e. that's e why forever. we have that's why we fucking have ratings for shit like if it didn't matter we wouldn't be putting ratings on anything now when i was a kid 
my dad just watched whatever the hell he wanted. He didn't care if I was in the room. It didn't matter. You know, it would be like, hey, you can't watch this. Like, go away. You know, but we only had one TV. So it was like, uh, you can't you can't watch this. You need to like go do something. You know what I mean? Like, go do something else or, you know, and I understood. But it was like if we went on like vacation, I, you know, we, you know, split a, a room or split, you know, two beds or whatever. It would be like, hey, you need to go to bed, put like covers over your face or something like that. And then he would like watch whatever he wanted to watch. And I'm like, I can still hear it. Like, <laughs> I can right. hear people getting blown up. And like, that makes me want to know what's going on. Like, that's not like, I mean, so I, I remember watching like, um, gladiator was my first rated r movie and i was probably like 12 you know and i was really i was excited to watch it but i probably shouldn't have been watching it at that time you know and there was like my mom was more of the uh you're not doing this you're not watching this or like if i wanted to get a game as a kid she'd like look at it and she'd ask the guy at the desk and be like so what happens in this game? And he could be like, oh, oh you could, the same thing. Yeah. The same like, thing. Oh, you could blow people's heads off with this. And she'd look at me, look at me and go, yeah, no. I'm like, damn, it. <laughs> you know, like, but I, but again, I think that's like you said, that's, that's parents needing to take accountability. And I think that's the issue is that people that's are afraid. People are afraid to take accountability for shit more now. You know, I mean, it's like if your kid acts out, it's everybody else's fault. It's not your kid's fault. It's, you know, or uh, it's not the parent's fault or something like that. You know, I mean, like if you have a kid going around a school kicking kids or fighting other kids or fighting teachers or stuff like that, um, that's you. It's it's you. It's your kid. Like you need to take accountability as a parent for your child. Like it is not the teacher's fault because. And I mean, I know there's situations where things happen and stuff like that. But like, I just I don't know, man. I feel like even with with you, know, you were talking about like with the school board and how they're like pushing all this stuff on you guys. And and I mean, like uh, like Seth said, like they're, they, and you said, there's parent or the teachers that are spending hundreds of dollars on basic things that you need for your classroom when that shit should be f- like that stuff should be provided to you like there's no reason you should be buying going out and buying 500 pencils for your oh, students man. When like, I that told, stuff should be given to you when i told my wife what we're provided with and what i had to pay for because again she's from england like it's just funded right it's not even a question it's just funded she's like wait what do you mean you have to buy pencils for your students? What do you mean you have to buy Expo markers for your kids? What do you mean that you won't have like a set of books for your class? Like she was dumbfounded. She's like, what, why? And it's because again, I'm going to go back to the thing. We need to think about how we are using our government funds. It just, it just makes sense. It needs to be poured into education. Again, I think we should have a great healthcare system, not going against that. I know our infrastructure, our roads, yeah, that's important too. We need buildings, we need roads, and need to be safely, safely built. But if we're not educating our kids properly, if we're abusing our educators and our admin, then, I mean, what, what, what's our yeah, future? You know, you know, most of those people take that money, and the reason why the things cost so much money is because they're taking a percentage of that and put it in their pocket. You know, they no. want to make their they they want to make their money too, and and I'm like, that's 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 not how any of this stuff works, though. You know, I, it's what is right. the and, point? Yeah. What is the point of putting 15 toll roads going down 95, charging you from anywhere <laughs> from nine dollars to twenty five dollars 
per toll, right? And charging you all this money and then say, oh, we're going to put it back into, you know, the infrastructure of the, of the state and the county and stuff like that. And we're going to invest it. And then you turn around and you don't invest it in the things that matter. Like if you come out with a, with a proposal and it's like, Hey, we're going to do this because this is going to help us, uh, put money back into the state. All right, that's fine. Great. Now show me where the money's going to go. You're going to, if you put it back in education, show me where all this is like, show me what this is going to help in education. Right. Don't turn around and, uh, have a school invest a quarter of a million dollars on a new, um, like turf facility, field. Like sports sports facility or a turf field or something like that. If your teachers are spending six, seven, eight hundred dollars to go get the basic needs that they need to have, right? You know, we we did um when I was a senior in high school, one of the things that we did was we raised money and donated that money to basically start a uh middle school gym. Like we started like a middle school weight room essentially, right? Um, and they built this kind of like top of the line, middle school weight room with some of the money that was donated from that, like being raised and stuff like that. I'm sure they fit most of the bill for it too, but why? Like we didn't need to spend money on a second weight room for middle schoolers. We already had one that was big enough to begin with. Like, but we were doing that, but like our like stuff in the school was falling apart. And I'm like, why, why are we spending money on a, on a thousand, like a, a hundred thousand dollar scoreboard for the football field when you have stuff falling apart outside, like the parking lot needs to get paved. Why don't you put that in right. the, into the parking lot? Like stuff like that, you know, and the biggest thing that, you, you know, everybody complains about this potholes, potholes everywhere, potholes here, potholes there, potholes there. Right. How long has that project been going on on 66? Like that shit's been going on for like 30 <laughs> years. Like, I think there was a joke where uh, the, the, it was like the, when the cicadas came up, they started the project on 66 and then when they came back it was still going on they're like seven years oh. later they're like oh this is still going? yeah they're like oh you guys aren't done yet like i don't know if i'm ever gonna see like that project ever done and because i remember it as a kid like it was still going it's still not done and i'm 34 yep. like we're talking about like 20 plus years here and you're still doing this like what where's all this money going from i don't know right and actually I'm assuming that's Seth. Yeah. Seth makes a great point. So, and here's there, and I'm, I don't want to give away too much, but in the county I currently work for, there's a big uproar about a certain high school spending a lot of money. And now, like, hold on, this is going to go a lot of different ways. So, they spent a lot of money on turf field. Turns out they invested it and the wrong company got scammed and lost oh. a lot of money. Oh. Um, but the whole point was why are you spending that the whole big picture is why you spend that money on a turf field um when there's a lot of other things and seth's right the reason why they couldn't use that funds for other things is because it was budgeted into the athletic department which is not a bad thing it's not i understand the points of budgets but the problem is is like it's not flexible at all um and they do that for a certain reason because you can't steal from important things and give it to like you know mm -hmm. things that you're spending at the same time, if you have that much excess money, like it should be like, all right, well, maybe we should dip from this fund into another fund. Like that should be more flexible because yeah, you're right. If you have, you know, teachers who are spending, you know, money out of their own pockets for 
pencils and paper and things like that and like whatever i mean we, we pay for everything on some crayons i mean i'm even buying headphones for my kids who can't afford it i mean it's just everything that you can imagine you use in a school which seems to be more and more every year we're dipping our funds into um but the budgets aren't flexible so they can't dip into the athletics fund even though there's an excess over here so they're then they're paying millions of dollars for a new like turf field which is some people feel is unnecessary like and that's where the uproar comes from but like also that's the truth behind it that's the way the system works like they can't they can't they're not flexible on it which i feel like that should be i don't know i don't know the answer to that one but as but far see, as I, think- I understand that because if you have like your athletic department and they're racking in hundreds of thousands of dollars for the year that's money that uh, to me that's money that they should be allowed to use and however they want to see fit like we get it but if you are trying to uh, raise money and invest money into your science department and let's be honest the athletic department is going to make more money than the science department depending on where you're especially if you have a good athletic program at your school the science department is not going to make anywhere near as much as that as the athletic department they're not going to have nearly as much money to to invest into what they need to have and I feel like there should be some kind of median because you see it now where you have schools that are cutting out certain athletic programs because they don't have the money to, to keep it going. And it's, you know, they're not, they're not uh, getting enough money to do it or they don't have the budget for it. I think there was, um, there was a school um, up North from us that I believe they cut their football program. And they didn't because they couldn't wow. get kids out to play, but they also didn't have the money for it. And they're starting, you know, more and more high schools in Virginia are cutting sports programs because they don't have the money to do it. Now, maybe they're allocating that money to something else. And I understand if, you know, if you tried to uh, start like, a, I don't know, if you try to start like a hockey team somewhere and you didn't have any interest in it and no kids wanted to play, you're not going to keep putting money into it if they don't have interest in it. Right. But you don't see that when it comes to like the science program or like the theater department or, you know, math or like we were talking about, like what we were talking about before, like the trades, like the, the auto shop classes, the woodworking classes, the metal classes, like all that stuff, they're leaving schools and they're because either nobody's interested in it anymore, which is might be part of the problem or they're not doing enough to, push those programs as options for kids yeah and i i will agree and disagree too because i mean like i don't know if you meant it this way but like the drama department or arts the arts is usually the first thing cut as well yeah with like the trade schools and i agree i think it's um it's a shame to see any of that but those are the first things to go is trade schools and then the arts and then i think sports are very important i think i mean that's uh, a career path that a lot of kids want to take but i think also science is a very important path as well i think we just need to find a way to again make our funds you know use our money more efficiently mm-hmm. so that way we don't have to lose those aspects you know i agree and like it's crazy because i used to work for a fundraising company for five years for um elementary schools and then i explained to my wife I was like well what if we branched out and then you know we could move to england you know we just create this fundraising company over there or we'd just be a branch of the same company she's like we don't need fundraising over in england mm. she's like Hmm. She's like, they don't need fun. They're funded. But like, what if that was the world? What if like we didn't need fundraisers? What if you didn't need to do like 
cookie sales or like, you know, pizza sales or like the weird candy bars. Like what if schools were just funded? Like, isn't yeah. that a crazy concept? It's just yeah. outrageous. The fact like in her, like the whole like aspect of doing fundraisers for like PTOs or PTAs, like that was so um, foreign to her. Mm. Like we don't have those over in England. Like she's like, maybe like for certain clubs that are obscure, you might do something like that. Like if you want something special, but like, it's like, yeah, school, yeah. It's funded. Yeah, I could I can see that. Like if it's yeah. uh if you're trying to do like um like a chess program after school and stuff like that, like that program do like t-shirts for the program, yeah, like yeah. something like that. Yeah, like I did I did I I did chess when I was in high school. I did that after that was one of like my rare after school things that I ever did. And uh we probably had like um <laughs> we probably we probably had like maybe like 12 kids in there but if there was something that we wanted to do as like the the class we would have to try to raise we would raise money for it and i get that because that's an additional course that you can take after school it's not something that's um that's not something that's get like offered to you during school days right but think about like uh, how many field trips you took and how many times that you we had a, like you as a kid had to bring money in for these field trips where right. it was like it was like hey you know everybody's got to bring their fifty dollars by the end of the week or you know you can't go on this field trip and it's like what if the parents don't have an additional fifty dollars so they're gonna miss out on a learning opportunity because they don't have the 50 bucks to pay for a ticket like you can't budget a field trip into you know something that you may do every year like we went to um we went to where do we go we went to like williamsburg uh in like sixth grade and i remember having to do that but it's like you can't budget your uh you can't budget your your school money for your school to be able to afford to take kids to do that if you can't afford to do that why are we asking kids to pay for that shit or parents to pay for that stuff like that doesn't now, make sense hey, to me field trips are a huge thing for education like i think we need to do more field trips because it's yeah. like hands-on experience like you go to a farm you talk about mm -hmm. like, yeah, you talk about the classroom and you can plant seeds in your classroom, but like seeing it hands on is just awesome. But you're right. We actually have no budget for field trips. We ask our parents to pay for the field trips. You're 100% correct. Because what we do don't have a budget do, for it. What do you guys do if a kid can't pay for it? Does he just not go? So yes and no. It depends on the year and how many kids we have that can afford it. Um, there is a slight pool. We have to like talk to our admin about covering those costs. If it's too many, it depends on the budget of the year. Like, because if their budget's too small, we can't cover it, then yeah, that's what we have to come up with something for them to do. Usually we find something fun for them to do at school. Um, but for the most part, I haven't I haven't seen that happen yet. Hopefully it won't happen, but like usually the school can cover the cost. But I will say like it's getting tougher and tougher for budgets. Yeah. And like just the, I point. the idea of a kid missing out on going to like the aquarium with his class to learn things is kind of. Oh, it's up. And like, it's what sad, did, really, what did that kid feel like? That's when that kid realizes they can't do things because their family doesn't have the income. Doesn't have the money. Right. And that kid probably at that point is like, Oh, like, are we poor? Are we broke? Are we, you know, my parents don't have the money to do this. You know, I'm wearing hand-me-down shoes, hand-me-down clothes because we don't have the the money to to get new stuff. Like then that kid gets bullied and then you have to deal with that. And then the kid goes home and is basically like, hey, like, why are we broke? 
Like, why are we poor? And then who knows like what happens then if that starts an argument between people or maybe it doesn't like maybe you get two parents who are literally busting their ass every single day to yes. you know, provide for the kids. You know what I mean? But it all, it's all, it, all of this, all of this trickles down. Like it, all of it trickles down to one thing after another. And it's been, you were talking about the mental problems or I mean, the mental issues that some of these kids are having and it starts somewhere. Like it could start at school, but it could also, my assumption would be uh, the higher percentage that would be, it starts at home. So what's going on at home to have a child be in that mindset. And I'm not saying everybody, but I'm just saying, you have a kid that comes in, like you said, the kid that, you know, took the gun and wanted to shoot the teacher. What's going on at home to make you uh, have that as a mindset that you're going to, this is what you're going to do today, you know, or when you come into school and you start bullying a kid, you know, they say most of that, you know, that stuff is learned at home or it's learned around people that, you know, so like, what are you witnessing at home and what's happening to you at home to make you come in and, and to school and the class and be that way? Yeah. And like, I will say again, I'm, I'm not here to point fingers. So I'm not just blaming the families at home either. No, Cause like, but... I mean, there could be like the kids in the neighborhood. It could be like yeah. your kid goes to babysitter or daycare. Like, you know, there's so many aspects to a child's life where they could be picking these things up, but that that's again, goes back to the funding. We're like, we need staff. We need more staff in the building to help these kids. Like this kid who shot the teacher in Newport news, like there were constant red flags. Like this wasn't the first, it just like out of blue, they pulled out a gun and, you know, shot their teacher there were red flags beforehand and we need a system that catches those red flags. Cause we actually, I will say we actually are now doing trauma assessments ever since COVID twice a year, we do trauma assessments on these kids. So we have to answer these massive questionnaires, which again, they're time consuming, nothing on our plate, but I see the point behind them. Um, we do these massive questionnaires, but like the problem is, is the workload from that. We found that the trauma with these kids is more than we expected. And it's more than the caseloads that our behavior interventionists and our counselors can provide. We need more of these people inside the building helping these kids. We need more behavior programs, not just counselors, not just behavior interventionists, not just behavior intervention plans, but full-on programs. Like your child is derailing an entire classroom because of their behaviors. They need to be sat down. They need to be taught social skills. They need to be taught um coping skills, they be taught like how to function in society, sadly, before they can enter the classroom again, almost like a special education, but for behaviors like that. We need these programs in schools, but we don't have the funding. We don't have the, the personnel to do it. And that's, that's the heartbreaking part is like, you see students that are literally like just falling apart and you know it's not their fault like they're a product of their environment and i'm not saying just the home environment again i'm not just blaming parents or families right. it's a but product it's... of a lot of different things but like these poor kids just they need help and like i'm yeah. like we have 20 plus kids in our classroom we're trying to help every single child we're trying to help them but like again we are human too but then and you have and then you have the parent, but then you have the parent going, why aren't you doing more to help my oh, child? Yeah. And then that's where, see, that's where I couldn't be a teacher. Cause I'd lose my mind. I'd be like, you know what? Why don't you come in one day and you tell me why I'm not going to be able to give you four hours to little Timmy during the day. And you can see the reason why. And this is why you need to basically just mind your business. And like, and I get it. And like, I get it. Like you're, you care about your kid and stuff like that, but they have to, you got to stop blaming the t 
teachers for certain things too, because there's only so much that they can do. And there's only so much that like, uh, like people at, at those schools can do when it comes to your, when it comes to your kid. Like if you want one-on-one -on -one time with the teacher, then ask for it. You know, if they say they, they can't do it, they're going to refer you to maybe, hopefully they refer you to somebody that can do it. And, you know, like I had, I had a tutor after school and we just did one-on-one -on -one and it did uh, like wonderful things for me. And she was a great, she was a great teacher. And like, we connected, you know, on a good level and she knew like the best way to teach me to how to learn, like for me to learn certain things. And I, I'm pretty sure without her, I probably wouldn't have graduated high school, to be honest with you, because she did a lot and she put in a lot of work with me one on one. But she did that with a lot of students and she did that because that's what she wanted to do. And that was, you know, just part of what she offered as a teacher. But not every teacher can do that. And not every teacher has the ability to balance, uh, you know, multiple classes of 30 kids each. You know, if you're looking at 120 kids in a day, how I mean, what do you how much are you like? how much time do you actually get to break down things with students one-on-one? -on -one? Because you have to basically do a, a well-rounded curriculum every single day for all of these kids. And they might not learn all, they're, they're all not going to learn the same way, but what else can you do? Because you're trying to do it by yourself. And not only that, like you said, if you got to buy books and you got to do this and you got to do that and the, you know, kids can't like, maybe the parents can't afford to buy a certain book that you need for the course. I, where does the help come from? Right. You know what and I mean? I will say, I, again, there are bad educators out there. Like it's true. I'm not saying it's not the teacher's well that, problem. Like I was going to ask you, that was my next question was how much of it. And I know you, you're talking about like the budget and stuff like that, but how much of it is uh, schools hiring the wrong person to be teaching things like i understand they put their time in they got a degree they're going to be teachers but i'm sorry that doesn't automatically make you a great teacher like that we've seen we've seen you know news articles in the history of uh teacher like just really terrible teachers doing really terrible things to kids and right. it's like you're the one who hired this person what what does that say about you? And it's like if you've got twenty parents complaining about a teacher, how the teacher doesn't do anything or is not uh, helping their kid learn or is not teaching the curriculum or doing something like that, what does that say about you as a school board and the way that you judge teachers when you hire them? Like, are you just hiring them to fill a void, or are you actually going through candidates to find the best possible? person for your school because if you're just hiring people to hire people i mean shit i'll come in there and start teaching kids stuff i don't know like <laughs> like i am not qualified to be teaching anybody anything but if that's it, sometimes it kind of seems like that's where we're at too with the public school system is you're just kind of hiring people to fill voids because you can't keep the people around that should be there and this goes i think for any job that when you have an employer who is has a high turnover rate and they're not willing to do the things to keep the people that you know are good employees and they're not doing the things to keep them there. This is the issue that you run into is that yep. you are now having to go to plan, you know, you know, X, Y, and Z because you're at the bottom of your list and you don't know what to do anymore. And that was, you know, that was something that I had a long conversation with, with my VP at the oil depot was 
the reason why people are quitting and leaving is because you guys aren't doing the things that you need to do to retain the employees, the good employees, the ones that are willing to work and do the work and put the work in. I was like, you guys aren't doing anything to entice them to stay. Like you're doing everything to let them leave. And I was like, and I told them at the time, I said, when I leave, there is no, there, I'm not going to like, I'm not coming back. Like I'm telling you, like when I'm gone, I'm gone. And I said, I'm not going to be the only person that walks out. And at that depot alone, uh, I left another guy left my boss at that time. He left and took another job and the whole place fell apart. And I'm like, I tried to warn you and tell you guys that this was happening and nobody wanted to listen. So and you look at the school board, you look at the school system and you said, uh, you, I think you said 25 to 54% is the projected, predicted. Turn, predicted, predicted. The predicted turnover rate. How is that not alarming enough for you to go, okay, like maybe we don't have the budget right now to fix the problem because it's not going to be an overnight fix. Like it's going to yeah. take time to fix stuff. And that's how that, you know, with this how it is. And people also need to understand that, that this is not a, uh, you're not going to, it's not a 24 hour fix. Like this is going to be months to years to fix certain issues, but what are you doing now to put in place to fix those problems? And if you have good teachers that are going to, maybe they leave and quit, maybe they start their own like in-home uh, schooling themselves, right? Maybe they offer their own assistance outside of uh, their county or whatever they're doing. Maybe they leave to go to another school because that school has a better budget, can pay them more, you know, and I get that. And sometimes it's about the money, but what are you doing now to make sure that you can retain these people and you can retain these teachers, the good ones, and make sure that maybe you can't accommodate everything that they want but maybe you can do it enough where they're willing to stick it out for a few years as long as they see progress because to me it seems like they're just going okay bye like we're not, like see i will say some school boards are answering the call some are hearing because again like you said it's case by like exactly what you said with your previous job is exact same thing that's happening with education and like the red flags of warning signs have been there. The teachers have expressed their exhaustion. The ad administration have expressed their exhaustion. Everything from the custodians quitting to the cafeteria staff quitting, like it's all across the board. And like, it's not, it's not new. Like these frustrations have been there and some school boards are realizing and like, you know, paying more or just thinking through their schedules in the school year plan. Like, and some aren't. Some are like, oh, well, we'll just fill up spots. Mm -hmm. And to we'll, those have, not, we'll have another teacher just do two, cover two courses. They're like, there's always going to be new teachers being out. You know what the thing is? I actually, I know someone who works for um, a university and they actually like work for their education department. They said the applicants into the education department for universities is minimal, minuscule compared to what it used to be. They can't they, even fill, like they can't fill the classes anymore because no one is actually going to the education department for undergrad anymore. I mean, so not no one, but very well, small. So not a, lot, not a lot of people are pursuing it anymore, or is it they're just yeah. not – they don't have qualified people that will take that job? No, they have people that don't even want to get into the education department anymore. So wow. it's going to get to the point where if you don't start think, rethinking the program, people won't even be applying for the spots more. Now, what you said, I haven't personally seen that in my building. My admin is actually amazing, and they are very proactive. So the new spots we have filled so far have been phenomenal. I don't know where we're getting these people from, but they've done a great job of filling spots for these great, qualified, passionate teachers. The problem is I'm concerned about the future. Yeah. I'm concerned. About, I know teachers are leaving. 
Um, again, not just in my county, not just my building, but all across the board and these amazing teachers. I am worried that it will start to get to the point where we will have to start hiring just people. Like, I mean, they're already, states are already lowering their standards. There are certain states have lowered their standards as far as like, you know, your, your degrees, your certificates to become a teacher because they can't fill the spots. And I'm very concerned that we're going to get teachers who are underqualified or should not be in the positions teaching. And I'm not saying this is scare people from public education. I'm saying we need to make a change. We need to start now. Start voting for people who are going to fund educations. Because again, think about your children. You want your children to go to a good school. And for those of you who can homeschool, who can private school, great for you. But what about those kids, those families who can't? Yeah. We need to focus on politicians who are going to fund education. And I'm not talking about certain political parties. I don't care about political parties. Both parties are to blame. Like, again, yeah, yeah, both yeah. parties. Like, we have ignored education for too long. And stop, please, I beg you, stop voting for people on school boards who have no experience in education or don't even have kids in the public education system. If you don't have, and like, do you would be surprised about school boards? And you mentioned the fact like, okay, your kids go to school. You would be surprised the amount of people who are on school boards right now who don't have kids or have never had kids in public education or don't have any experience in education at all. Well, there was baffled. There was, uh, well, also on top of that too, like sometimes there are certain people and the amount of people who tell me that they're substitute teachers and it makes me go, you are a substitute. (laughs) Like, okay. And like, I get it. Like a lot of it is just, they kind of follow uh, like a guideline of what has already been set. Like, Hey, like, if they're out like mo- like my substitute teachers just put movies in like we didn't really like right. learn anything you know like we had one guy who was like a he was like a, a like a vietnam vet and we would like ask him questions and stuff and he would like teach us <laughs> about certain things like it was it was kind of cool but he would just put in movies and he wouldn't even like like the english teacher would want us to watch like um um like edit like it was like odysseus or something like that and he, he was like now nah, we're not gonna watch this we're gonna watch something else and we're, like he didn't really care and like we didn't obviously we didn't care either but you see some of the people who are getting certified to be like sub teachers and i'm just like i don't know if i'd want my kid learning from you even if it's from a day like i wouldn't right. want that you know but then um you know i was gonna i, I, I wasn't gonna bring this up before but you mentioned something where um I have like a, a family member of ours. My brother's my brother's girlfriend at the time uh, when he passed. She works. She's like basically like a caseworker, and she was under the impression that she was getting kind of getting groomed to take over a certain job, like a certain role. And she, I think it was they went on vacation or something like that. And when they came back, she found out that uh, they ended up giving it to like that position to like a lunch lady because she did all this extra work and stuff like that. And she was really good with the kids and she didn't have a goddamn clue what she's doing. And it's to the point where now she wants to leave and quit because of where she's at. And like this, this, she was like, this is just what they do. Like they hire people for positions that are not like, they're not uh, qualified to work in these positions. And I'm like, if you have teachers quitting like that and you have 
caseworkers who are quitting and stuff like that. Like, where does that leave your future? Right. Especially in the professions that really matter for our future. It's a mess. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. And that's why, like, I know, I, I know my wife has said it a few times, but I don't think she's like, we're, she's not really, we've sat down and talked about like, we're not joking about like, we're really starting to lean away from public school just because of everything that's going on, you know? And think about, um, what was it like, um, a couple summers ago, was it last summer or whatever? There was a kid, um, in, you might've heard about this, a kid that was in Loudoun County that ended up, uh, like sexually assaulting um but yeah right so when they did the hearing the the school board told the dad or whatever that oh like he the kid touched her like touched his daughter like um outside of her clothes or whatever and like that wasn't like to them that wasn't a red flag at the time and the dad like lost his shit on them he's like how are you gonna sit there and tell me that that's not uh, that does not bother you. Like, how are you going to sit there and tell me? He's like, do you guys have kids? Like, how would you feel if somebody did that to your child? And if you don't have a kid, then like, you shouldn't be speaking on this matter. Like he lost his shit. And they, I guess he, the kid that was uh, committing all this, uh, all the, you know, the crimes and stuff that he, they warned the school boards and teachers about him before, and they didn't do anything about it. And like, all they did was just move him to another school district. And I'm like, that's not the answer. That's not how you fix no, that, that problem. Kid, that kid needed help. Yeah. And like, he, he help. still needs help. Like he was yeah. not, he was not. And like, to him, it was a joke. Like everything was just a joke to him. Right. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not one to like, really like condone violence all that much but i'm telling you now that like if my daughter was in that situation i'd tell her i'd tell her like you turn around and you cock back and hit him right in the mouth like we're not i'm not playing this game like nobody should feel like they like nobody should feel like they have the right where they can treat somebody that way but somebody right. else also shouldn't be afraid that if they're in that situation they shouldn't be afraid to retaliate or react in that situation like who knows what would have happened to some of those kids and that guy that kid did some heinous terrible stuff to some of those to some of those students right and I, you know, you want to get mad at me because I'm telling my, you know, you, I tell my daughter that if you're in a situation like that, uh, feel free to, you know, bust his teeth. Like if they do something like that to you, like, I'm not, I'm not going to play the game because it's proven time and time again, that schools in, in, a, in teachers and school boards, I'm not saying all, I'm just saying in general that they do very little when it comes to, to stopping bullying or to addressing the situation, addressing the issue, you know, like stuff like that, because they're I, so they're so afraid of what may happen on the back end. Like they might lose their job if they do something wrong, if they say something wrong, if they put their hand on a kid, like they might lose their job or like anything like that. If they try to intervene, like they're afraid that like the parents are going to sue them or, you know, like something like that. Like at some point we just need to stop being so scared of everything and just be humans for a second and think, logically like if, I if I touch on that too yeah yeah yeah. So there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that a lot of families don't realize and like so case in point um i actually had to have a real talk with my sister because she's having the same issue with her my niece um her my niece is being bullied and the response from the teacher was something that she did not feel like was enough 
Okay. And I explained to her, one, the behaviors behind the child. I was like, that child has learned that behavior obviously from somewhere else. Like that's mm-hmm. what they're picking up. I was like, you got to recognize that. I was like, two, I guarantee you that teacher is doing all that they can. So they're, the problem behind these situations is the teachers, and I'm not going to talk for all about like for all teachers, but for the most part, teachers' hands are tied. You do referrals, you report them to admin, mm-hmm. you take the disciplinary action you can, have talks to the kids as much as you can, you refer them to the counselors, behavior interventionists. You do everything you can. But to that extent, there's a lot out of your hands as far as like behaviors go. Like you can only do so much. Right. And then it goes the admin like the admin can choose to suspend not suspend and so on but even that goes above their heads like case in point we had a student who did not belong in our school um and i'm not i can't talk about certain behaviors and details right, all right the child did not belong. they they needed a program our admin wanted this child well, our admin did not want this child in our school they got moved to our school by central office um they didn't want them in our school because they knew the behaviors like, listen, this is unacceptable. Like this child needs more help than we can provide. And that's why it wasn't anything against the child. It's just like they, we can't provide, like they don't belong in a gen ed classroom. Um, central office went above their heads, placed this child in our class, uh, not in my class, in a class. Um, and the behaviors were just outrageous. They disrupted the entire classroom. It took every single, both counselors, the behavior interventionist admin on a daily basis, just to keep this child under control. Um, until after it took until the child and I have to be careful physically assaulted an adult in mm. the building until they're finally removed and put into a behavior program. It took to that point for them to finally do something. But see, that's what so I'm saying the though. It's like is, the problem is isn't necessarily it's not necessarily your teachers, not necessarily your right. admin. Yeah. And it's not like central offices. Like it's 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 the system like where they need like as educators, we can tell the students who need more help than we can provide. It's not that we don't like certain students, it's not that we like, you know, we're judging certain students. It's like we we've been in this this career for years. We've been around behaviors. We know how to compare like age groups. It's like if you're seeing these signs, we warn you. This, it's the same thing as Newport News. That teacher warned the, the admin. The teacher warned the school board. And I guarantee you there were referrals after referrals. And yet that but, student still brought a gun to the school and shot the teacher. And I and, and that's why and nothing happened. The school board. Yeah. But that's, that's what I mean, though. Like, is there's that... so, much, so much red tape. There's so much – because it's a government entity. It's a local I, government. I, yeah, there's I get that. There's so much like they have to follow a process and things like that. But that is why. I'm talking about needs to change again. Like people are being frustrated, like behaviors and things like that. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not condoning what happened in Loudoun County, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guarantee you that edu- like educators did warn someone about this behavior. But um, that just means somebody didn't, didn't do what they were supposed to do. That's how I look at it though. Is that, or someone like, was just you, following the system to a T and that's the problem. But, but you, uh, but you as somebody in that situation or in that uh uh which um somebody on the board or somebody who is in the situation where you're getting that information and you are seeing it you to me uh you should be able to 
you should be able to handle that situation better than that. Because to me, I don't agree with that. Like, like you said, there's red tape or whatever. Maybe they were following it by the T. Then you shouldn't be on the school board then. Like you, have, you're you're in the capacity where if it's one up that far on the ladder, and then you still chose not to do anything about it, then you shouldn't have the ability to sit on a board anymore because you have children in your hands that are relying on you to not only learn but to be safe at your school. Like you, if you can't handle that, that's not a job for you, then you need to get out. Like you need somebody that is willing to, you know, that is willing to do what is necessary. And I get, like you said, it's, and it, and I'm not blaming everybody, but it's like, if I go to a teacher and that teacher takes down, you know, my concern and they go to somebody else and that person takes my concern, they go somebody else. I, I feel like it shouldn't take that many people to get, something done like but i understand that there are there are protocols and there are things that that need to happen you know for all that and i'm not going to blame the teacher especially if you know if you're with them like hey like we're gonna go talk to so and so and like all right great and then at some point somebody down the lines or somebody up the ladder has decided that it is not an issue to them at that point and that oh we can just address this somewhere else no like you should not have to put like a kid should not be put on the back burner because there's something going on. Like in your case, like your situation where you got like y'all were talking about it. You, you know, did referrals, you did this, somebody down the line, or I mean, uh, yeah, somebody down the line, they literally waited until that kid physically assaulted somebody from them to finally do something. So you're telling me that's right. the that's the threshold that you got to wait for them to do something like and you got to wait you got to wait teachers. you got to wait for a six year old to bring a firearm into a school and shoot the teacher before you finally do something like that's that's not right that's fucked up that's not how the society should be operating right we have chairs thrown at us we have like you know children cursing us out we have parents cursing us out we have like pencils being like you know threatened to stab us and like we have kids threatening the school and like that's just like and i'm not saying there's a regular basis again families i'm not trying to deter you from public schools but like what does it take for us to realize that we need help like and not like just not just us we we need help but like mm -hmm. these kids need help they mm -hmm. need help like and we we need more help than we can give them and that's that's my biggest soapbox is like yeah we need to put fund our education we need programs we need more counselors more behavior specialists like these kids need help and i'm not saying that every single kid in public school needs help but they the behaviors are increasing more and more each year and the teachers are crying out for help we're, and some are literally crying. Like I have coworkers who on their lunch breaks, they cry. That's what they do. And it's devastating to see that. And these are teachers who care about their kids. Even the ones that are throwing chairs at them because they know that behavior is coming from somewhere else. They know that it's not the behavior. It's what's causing the behavior and it breaks their hearts. And yet at the same time, like we're trying our best to do that while at the same time, we're trying to teach your kids. Like, if yeah. people only be a fly on the wall in the classrooms nowadays, like, and that's why, like, I tell my admins, like, I wish this parent could just sit in the classroom and see their child. Cause like, they would see what I'm talking about when they're like, 
oh, why is it one bad report after another? It's like, because your child, and I can't say uh, this. I can't be like, your child needs help because, because again, I need to follow certain protocols. Uh, your child is an asshole. That's why. And I it's, can't tell you that because I'll get fired. But. Your, your child is screaming that they need help. Like, there's so many red flags, and yet, like, it's only, and like, it's so, t it's heartbreaking to know, like, you see the path they're going down. And yeah. I teach in the primary grades and yet I already know if this child keeps continuing on this path, I know exactly where it's going to lead them. And as well, and cause you're, you're dealing, yeah, you're dealing with that at a primary grade. And, and I don't know if this was the same for you when you were in high school, but it was for me. Um, I had resource officers that would come into a class. Like if we had kids doing stuff like that, like throwing chairs and threatening parents and, or threatening like teachers and stuff like that. We'd had resource officers that would come in and like kick the door down and go, I'm willing to lose my job to correct your attitude. If you're not willing to be respectful to teachers, like they didn't care. Like he was like, I don't like my role. The resource officer we had, he was like, I still remember one day he came into our English class and him and this kid and another kid were arguing and, and fighting, like constantly fighting. Right. And he came into the class and looked at both of them and said, I don't give a shit. If you guys are 14, because your age does not uh, save you from getting your ass whooped. He was like, I will lose my job over beating the crap out of both of you. If you guys want to keep acting like this, because I'm not going to have it in my school and the teacher should not have to deal with this. He was like, if your parents aren't going to do anything about it, he's like, I will. And he's like, this, he's like, if I got to come, in here again for this conversation he's like something's going to happen i'm telling you right now and like the, you could see that they were like oh shit you know and like i had a teacher who was a, a was one of the football coaches same like same thing like he got so fed up one day he turned around and he took a couple of the desks and like threw them out of the way and told everybody to get out except for these two kids and he like opened up the floor and he put them in the middle and he was like go ahead and they're like what they're like you guys want to fight so bad he's like, go ahead and fucking do it he's like you got you two go ahead and start throwing punches right now he was like i'm gonna sit here and watch and he's like i'm gonna sit here and watch you guys beat each other go ahead and do it and they're kind of like beside themselves and he you know and he was like you can be mad at me all you want i don't care he's like you want to hit me hit me he's like i'm gonna hit you back and they're like what like they were kind of just like what what and then you know he would sit him down and talk to them and he was like you guys need to figure out a different way how to handle stuff because like in the real world when you go out and act like that he's like people are going to react back and he was like they're not going to be as pleasant as we are and he was like you guys need to understand like whatever you have going on he's like it does not you know that doesn't mean that you can be a dick in class it doesn't mean that you can disrespect me it doesn't mean you can disrespect other students like he's like you need to understand that in life every action you have has a reaction and people are going to react to the way that you're treating them and he was like and that's what's happening now he's like i'm gonna re i'm reacting in a way that you are telling me that it is acceptable for me to act this way because you're acting that way and he was you know and like he went off on these kids and I, I never had so much respect for a teacher because like at first we we're like, Oh shit, like what's going on. And then when you hear him like going off on them, you could see their attitude and like their face change. And they're just kind of like, Oh, like crap. Like, like he's right. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, yeah, I really can't be like this. And then you find out that they're having issues at home. You know, they're having right. issues with stuff like that. And, and it's right. like, I maybe don't necessarily like there's people out there that probably wouldn't agree with the way that he handled that situation, but, it, <laughs> but it got to, a, but it, but it got to a point where it's like, 
this is what it boiled up to. And this is how the teacher exploded. Like it could have been worse. Right. I mean, he could have thrown something at a kid, but he didn't. And he was basically like, if we're going to handle this, we're going to do it now. And he's like, and I'm tired of, you know, whatever the, the bureaucratic is and like all that. He's like, we're going to do it this way and we're going to handle it this way. And this is the way, you know, like if we're going to get to the bottom of this, we're going to do it now. And I'm not saying that teachers should be like that today, but I feel like, I feel like, educational you know education leaders and school boards and stuff like that i feel like i feel like they should be able to take a more direct route with students sometimes so it's like if you have an issue going on you should be able to just like sit down and go like you guys need to just say whatever it is that you need to say and get it off your chest and then we'll work backwards as to why you feel that way like if you hate me for some reason as a teacher, I need you to just tell me the reasons why you dislike me as a teacher. And is it really, is it you dislike me or is it because you're unhappy with whatever's going on in your life and at home? You know, like the, I feel like there needs to be a open line of communication where you're not going to feel like you're going to get in trouble for just being honest. Like if a kid comes into school and starts talking about how he's being abused or something like that at home, you know, the first thing they're going to do is start calling people, calling parents, calling this and that, or whatever it is. Like, I feel like kids should have the ability to just sit down and have an open conversation with a, with a teacher or somebody that they trust where they're not going to be judged. They're not going to be pressed to do something. Maybe they don't want to do, you know, like something like that, where you just have that open, honest conversation and a teacher can just be real with them and be honest with them and, and have that conversation with them about life and in general or whatever it is that's going on at home or maybe it's school and grades and stuff like that like everybody's so worried about like the bureaucracy of everything that we are taking uh like we're taking the human aspect out of everything as opposed to just being humans and sitting down and having conversations with people and like trying to find direct routes of how to do things it's oh like i gotta turn in this uh referral and then it's got to go to the next person the next person the next person the next person you know and it's like you as a teacher like you said there's only so much that you can do as a teacher before it's out of your hands or before you know you're at risk of getting in trouble or you know like something like that i just when i was in school it was a lot different than it is now and I respect the, the hell out of the teachers that have to deal with the stuff today. And I respect with what they had to deal with last or when I was in high school because they handled it a lot differently. But I didn't hear about them, those teachers getting fired and stuff like that for doing things like that, you know, because maybe they didn't tell anybody or nobody ever said anything. But it was just them being real with you as a as a kid, as a teenager, like this is how life is going to be if you stay on this track. And I'm not telling it's like, I'm not telling you you're going to go to prison, but like, if you keep doing shit like this, like you will go to jail, you will be a dropout. You're not going to make anything out of your life, you know? And I just, I feel like that realism is missing now. And I will say, so like we actually had training over the summer. So over the summer we had to go and do professional development, which again, people give teachers grief because we get summers and stuff off. But again, we're only contracted for 180 days guys. Um, but yeah, so we do get holidays and summers off, but over the summer we were, we did a mandatory training of, it's called responsive classroom. And what it's designed is you don't just punish a child, you sit there and you have a conversation with them. And that's kind of exactly what you're talking about. Like, so, and granted, good educators were already doing this. Yeah, You don't just punish a kid, you talk to them, like, listen, what is going on? Like, you know, you try to find the why behind the behavior. Um, and then you talk to them, like, listen, this is why, you know, you're being, punish the way or there's a consequence to your action. This is why this is what you're doing. Here's my expectations. Do you understand? Like, yeah. 
So, I mean, like, again, good educators are doing that, but that's also why we need more counselors more. Mm. And like, I don't know, I didn't know my counselor in high school. Uh, my counselors, I don't know if it's changed, but counselors to me in high school were just there to help you like apply to colleges. Um, but maybe it's because I didn't need a counselor in high school. I don't know. Um, maybe I did, maybe I didn't realize I needed a counselor in high school. I don't know. But, um, at least in elementary level, like that's what they're there for. Like they do have these conversations with kids and they do just sit there and talk like, you know, what's going on? Like, what are you going through? So I will say like those conversations are happening just, you know, maybe sometimes they don't have a good educator or maybe they don't like, maybe like the problem we're having now is we don't have enough counselors for the, the caseloads. But that is the mindset going forward. It's like to have these conversations, these real conversations with the kids, like, like what is going on? Because again, children aren't born bad. Like, you know, it's, there aren't just bad kids. Right. There's something going on. There's a lie behind the behavior. And that's where like education is trying to go is trying to figure out the why and like how we can help them. It's just like, again, we're an education system. Like we're there to teach the kids. And I'm not saying that we don't try to help the kids, but it's like, I'm not a trained counselor, I'm not a trained therapist. So I have this workload of this, these kids who have trauma. I just, there's not enough time today. The there's not enough of me to go around to help them. And like, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's sad. This is a future. It's it's a future we're talking about. Yeah. And these poor kids who have gone through so much at such a young age. It's outrageous. The stories that we hear and like the, but the behaviors we see, it's like, you know, that there's something going on behind the scenes. Cause like no kid is just born. I don't know flipping desk you could just it's not yeah. <laughs> you're you're way more professional and elegant about it than i am because i just shouldn't call him a dickhead but i mean yeah you're right i mean they're not just they're not born that way they're learning these uh or, they're learning yeah they're, they're, to yeah. cry for help like it's yeah they get, they're learning they're how to act this way a certain like for you know like at home like you're learning all these behaviors somewhere Right. Yeah. Or this kid is in fight or flight mode because they're in survival mode. So like they have no other way to vent their frustrations. So they decide to, you know, throw scissors at one of their, <laughs> their peers. Like it's, it's just true. Oh, it's, it's crazy. I know. Man. I know. It's like, what's it's like a, it's like a classroom of Lord of the flies or something you got going it, on. You know what I mean? Some days it feels that way. <laughs> Oh, man. And like so, talk about SROs, and I'll go back to like everyone's like there there's issues all across the board with jobs. So SROs, the student resource officers, um, there there's pros and like well, not, I won't say there's pros and cons. As far as society feels, there's there are pros and cons. How society feels this way, like there's a county nearby who there were two incidences at high schools. Um, that huge incidences like fights and stuff like that. So there's more presence. Like they're asking the local County to provide more officers on site. And that has qualmed the fights. But my question is, is that the solution? Like is you just keep officers on site? Like then it really does feel like a prison again. Yeah. Not, I'm not saying the SROs are not the answer. I'm saying that we need to find a, like a solution to the behaviors. Now maybe SROs being on campus, like, a lot of them on campus, maybe that's what you need right now. But it, to me, it's not a solution. Now, I feel like there should be an SRO on every campus. And I know in certain counties, there aren't an SRO in every single count, uh, every single school because of funding. 
the the sheriff's departments are saying like listen we don't have the funding to have an officer in every single school we can't afford it or and they like don't that, have they don't have the employees the either they yeah. might not have the employees to be able to that dedicate means, one person to a school talk about funding is our police departments have, like you know funding and i'm not going to get yeah. into politics around that i'm not i know i know i know i'm not saying like that's another thing like if you want sros in your schools well again look where your funding is going like it, it all comes down to who you're voting for and how you're voting because like you just need to think about how tax dollars are used and i think all across the board from local state and national taxes we really need to think about how we're using our, our money but and then some people are worried about srs in the school building because they don't want the contact between kids and an officer to be negative so like a case in point like you know if someone's having to get handcuffed out of the school well i mean that's their first interaction with an officer and then that creates more tension between society and officers and like i'm not here to say right or wrong i'm just saying like that's yeah yeah the beliefs of both sides. i don't know i i my the the resource officer we had at our school at my high school was he was awesome like he he was a good dude right and he was more so along the line of uh, pulling you out and having a conversation than it was like trying to escort you out of the building. You know, he, he knew like how to communicate and how to connect with kids. And, and it might be, you know, maybe he was just really good at his job, but you knew, like you saw the mutual respect from kids at the school and him. And you also knew that like, if you needed something, he would be there to like help you out. Right. You know, and if there was something that went down, he was there to handle it. And everybody knew that it was just like part of his job, essentially. Like you didn't see kids getting um, even kids that were like fist fighting and stuff like that. Like you didn't see them getting thrown in handcuffs. You saw them getting pulled to this, like pulled aside, separated, and they would be talking like on the side, you know, or like he would be embracing them on the side because of whatever is going on. And I, I think that's the correct way to, to, you know, to handle right. those situations. And there's, and again, that's a whole conversation for another day, but. Oh yeah. Well, it goes um, the same like with badge edu educators. Like, you know, you have to be careful about who you hire be an mm. educator teacher mm. same way as like if we don't fund certain departments then like we have like it's it makes it difficult to hire the right people to be in those positions right because right. all across the board i know it, it's just professions, it's just it's a trickle down thing it, it's always yeah. it's got to start somewhere and then it's always got to end somewhere and everywhere in the middle you've got you know there's reasons why you can and can't do something and right you know, when it comes to stuff like that, I think you just, you got to figure out why somebody's saying no. And what are the reasons behind why they're saying no? Is it because you really don't have the money to do it? Or is it because if you agree to it, it's less money that comes out of your pocket at the end of the day. You know, if it's right. less money that comes out of your pocket at the end of the day, that's not an excuse or a reason for you to say no. And I get it. Like you got to make money too, but, uh, at the end of the day, it's not about you. Like if you're in that, uh, if you're in that position of power, it's not about you anymore. It's about the kids and everybody else. Like you're, you're holding everyone in the palm of your hand. And by you saying yes or no, you're affecting thousands and thousands of kids and teachers and parents. And I think sometimes they just lose sight of that. Right. You know, so, I don't know. My, my soapbox is be careful who you vote for and pay attention who you vote for. That's mm -hmm. all I got to say. Yeah, I guess. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. And it's, ampli it's ampli amplified too because of 
being a parent. So you're going to pay attention to more and more of that. Oh yeah. You yeah. And you're, cause you're a parent and a teacher. So now you kind of got, you got the stick from both ends. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It sucks. It's, um, it's, yeah. So moving forward, um, we didn't get a chance to do it today, but actually we've partnered uh, with a friend of ours who runs, um, he does content, content creating and production and stuff like that. Um, so the show is going to look a little bit different moving forward. Uh, we think it's going to, um, you know, boost the show a little bit. It'll be able to offer some things uh, that we aren't able to do now or, um, they just don't know how to do it because I don't know how to do it. I've been learning to do all this stuff on the fly. Like even like today, like I completely dropped the ball and forgot to do uh, any of the taglines, anything like that at the bottom. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just like, it's just not something that it, that's on my mind. And it's when you have all that stuff and you want to do all that stuff, like it, it takes a lot. And, you know, uh, a buddy of ours who's doing, he's really good at what he does. Um, we were, this was kind of like a, a sudden thing where we agreed to be do, like where we all kind of like got together and wanted to do this. So he was kind of rushing through the week to kind of get something together where um, ideally he would have more time to do it. And we decided that it was just best to just wait before we rolled out something new. Um, so we're going to have a new kind of like a new production layout where we're going to be able to just do different things, new things. And we're excited for that. Um, Brady and I have been discussing doing a charity stream in the next couple months. Um, yeah. we are going to do like I did one time before where we were doing, um, uh, played Xbox and we raised, we were playing video games or whatever. And we raised like a thousand, like 50, no, it was like $1,200 or something like that. Um, it's not, we, I did like a 24 hour stream. Now I'm not going to do that because I have a child and <laughs> I don't have time to do all that stuff, but it might be a one day, two day thing. But what we were thinking about doing was doing a, uh, like online golf tournament, um, just something different and something fun where we can have people interact and join in. Um, right now we've Wii been talking, right? what's that? You're going to do Wii golf. No, I wish I would love to do Wii golf or like Wii baseball. No, we're uh, we're talking about doing um, the uh, 2K PGA game, and uh, we wanted to extend the invite out for anybody if they have Xbox um, doing the uh, 2K21 version because we don't have the money to buy a buy the new game and probably yeah. not going to anyway. So um, anybody who has Xbox or is curious and in, in playing or anybody that wants to join, um, we're still working out the details, but we decided we'd do like a, a $5 donation would basically put you in for the tournament that we were doing. And we're trying to figure out if we want to do uh, one round or two rounds. And that would be spread between like a Friday night and a Saturday night type of thing. Um, again, we still have some more details to work out, but we're probably going to look to do it within the next, you know, few months or whatever it's not anything it's like right around the corner um and then what's kind of cool too is um on the uh 5th of uh march which uh that week is actually the 11th anniversary of my brother passing um his girlfriend at the time who's basically adopted like into our family is like my parents look at her like a daughter and I, she's basically like a sister. Right. So I just call her my sister at this point. Um, she's going to join the show on the fifth and her and I are going to have a very, 
very long and deep conversation about uh, you know mental health in general, things that she goes through at her work, and basically uh, stuff leading up to my brother and before he passed, and um, some things that led up like to the day of, and just things that he was going through. Because there's things that uh, I'm finding out still today about you know stuff that he was going through that nobody ever told me at the time, um, and still haven't. You know, I'm still learning about stuff like that, and learning more and more about who he is as a person too. Um, so that's on the 5th of March and, uh, we're going to, so we're going to talk about that. And that's a, for me, that's huge. And I'm yeah. really excited for that. And that's probably gonna be really rough and really difficult, mm -hmm. but, uh, it is what it is. And I think it's something that I think would benefit both of us. And we're both very open about, you know, my talking about my brother and stuff like that. So we're, you know, it's, I think it's going to be good and I'm looking forward to that. And then, uh, the, the weekend actually next weekend, um, is uh my daughter's one when, when uh, my daughter's birthday she's turning one yeah. so yeah chris you're gonna be there i think right and uh yeah, so we're, we're yeah so we're excited for that we have a little a lot to do so um we got a lot of things going on a lot of things happening and brady's traveling and he'll be back um you know in a couple weeks just just give him some time to relax and you know take a mental break and what he's doing is stressful and uh i know it's not easy on him being away from his family and and whatnot and you know he's working hard and he's doing what he can to provide for his family and he's doing it the best way he knows how and you know uh, i know it's not easy for him but you know brady if you're listening you're, you're doing a good job dude and uh you know yeah. you you are uh you're a hell of a man and you're a hell of a husband and a father and i think you should uh learn to take it easy on yourself every now and then and stop being uh, such a dickhead to yourself but i uh, <laughs> love you um <laughs> so yeah so hopefully um hopefully the week for you goes well and uh obviously you know if you ever need anything you can reach out to us um and you can reach out to you know you can text me or you know talk to whoever it is you want to talk to it doesn't really matter or whatever but uh if you ever need anything you know that you can reach out to us um and hopefully it won't be so long till we have you back hopefully you come back uh more often and you know we get Seth back on here again too. And, and I think this year we're really trying to aim to have as many guests on as possible while, you know, still holding the concept of what the show is and, you know, just talking about a different array of things. And I think it's going well so far and hopefully it, you know, we're able to just continue doing this for a long time. And cause I have fun doing this and I, hopefully everybody else has fun doing this too. So. No, yeah, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really glad that you reached out. I'm, I love being on the show, but yeah, I mean, y'all have some other awesome guests and I can't, I can't wait for those upcoming episodes. It'd be good, but the yeah. same thing. I mean, that's going to be, like you said, that'll probably be a rough episode. So mm. if you ever need to reach out, you reach out as well, man. I mean, that's what we're all here. That. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. So, uh, Brady's not here to do the tagline, but, uh, he would have done it about 40 minutes ago anyway. So, uh, you know, a good place to wrap up, I guess you could say. And I butchered that, but that's why Brady does it, and I don't. Um, Chris, thanks for thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you being here, and I appreciate Seth hanging out for pretty much the whole entire show. Um, and anybody else that's been watching, you know, again, you can follow, uh, find us on um, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, basically anywhere you get your podcast, you can find us. Um, please don't forget to like and share, follow, subscribe, whatever it is. Um, 
we're also on Twitch. So make sure you, you know, if you can follow us on Twitch, you know, we just do our streams every two weeks. We don't really do anything else. Uh, we will trickle in some like video games every now and then, which we talked about doing. Um, we haven't had the opportunity to do it yet, uh, but hopefully um, everybody has a good week and a safe weekend and uh, enjoyed the Super Bowl. And I, this is going to come out and people aren't going to hear it till the next day, but hopefully the Super Bowl goes well for everybody and everybody has fun and, you know, and uh, don't drink and drive. Don't be stupid mm-hmm. tonight. So, or, you know, for the game or whatever. Yep. Get an Uber if you need to, or, you know, whatever it is you need to do. But uh, as we always say, um, as you know, iron sharpens iron, man sharpens man. And appreciate you listening and being here. And Chris, thanks again for being here, man. Thanks for having me, man. You have a good week. Take care, everybody.